looks like we're getting Rick rolled. <laughs> this is awesome. Happy April Fool's Mark, Day. Mark, why don't you do some karaoke? <laughs> We're gonna get you, you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And we're never gonna let our listeners down. We're here. It's the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. I'm Stephanie, and I'm Mark. I want to thank the board up for that. That was awesome. Who is it? Uh, somebody got to chime in Charles. here and take credit. It's yeah. Charles. Okay, it's our friend Charles. He's always with us. And we, <laughs> that was great. Very good. I, you know, thrown off the groove. Uh, Free Talk Live. You can give us a call at eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Exactly, Mark. And, you know, being April Fool's Day and all, I think we have to be kind of uh, maybe skeptical of some of the news items that we talk about today, lest we read something fake. But you had this story. Somebody's that you liable told me. to get us, you yeah. know? <laughs> If that happens, hey, it's okay as long as it's entertaining. Yeah. I'm I'm fine. Everybody's with been it. warned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take it with a grain of salt tonight. But uh, you told me about the story, Mark. That I it just doesn't uh, sound like it could possibly be true. No, but I'd like to hear about it anyway. You said something about cops dressing up like fuzzy bunnies. Yep. This is one of those stories that I've gotten from uh, freetalklive.com. You can go there and link to stories or blog posts or videos, whatever floats your boat. Uh, You can vote up other people's uh, stories, vote them down. They'll do the same to yours. And uh, that's what goes on at freetalklive.com. Lots of people will see your story. So if you've got something that's important to you that you want to get out there, this is the way to do it. It's a really great way. Yeah. Um, it's freetalklive.com. So, we, we check them, usually. Oh, yeah, we check them, but that's, we're just part of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's... Think of all the people, even if we don't talk about it on the air, there are lots of people who go and check in and Tens get of thousands their... of people are going to see that just mm-hmm. from, you know, you post it getting on the front page or whatever. So, You'll um, be famous. You'll have your 15 seconds of fame. Indeed. <laughs> I don't know that you can really get credit for it much. There's a little bit of credit underneath, but I mean, you know, I don't know that... I, I don't pay much attention to who put, put them up. Right. Well, tell me about the fuzzy bunnies. WPTV.com. Out of Florida, West Palm Beach, a man and a bunny were walking down the center median of Okeechobee Boulevard down, uh, excuse me, Boulevard Wednesday morning when the bunny began flashing a sign at passing motorists. Have a safe, hoppy holiday. Buckle up. Amused drivers (laughs) smiled and waved at the duo. Hoppy holiday. Yes. One motorist even tried to give the man $20, thinking he was homeless. <laughs> but it was no joke. Wow. Both were West Palm Beach police officers out to enforce the state-sponsored Click It or Ticket campaign, signaling... Oh, I now, hate that don't, don't people in uh, cute bunny costumes and uh, tickets for $100 just seem to go together? No, they don't. Actually, one seems really nice and voluntary, and the other one seems pretty much not voluntary. Yeah. Why would anybody want a ticket? Um, so the... <laughs> Even if it does come from a The bunny. officer is looking out from his little uh, eye sockets here, catching people. Oh, I mean, because you is know, this like is the Disney kind of thing where... Like it, a- if, if, if in Florida, I lived in Florida, and this is probably how it is in most, most places around the United States, except for New Hampshire, where adults can make up their minds as to whether or not they want to wear a yeah, seatbelt. Yeah, one of the last... And I believe we are the last. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you see a cop car, you're more likely to sort of that hand reaches up towards uh, across your chest towards the seatbelt and back and pulls it slowly across. You know, I I always wear mine anyway because I just think it's keeping me safe. Honestly. I generally do, but I don't always wear mine. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of reasons though. I could, for whatever reason, drive out of the state, and I don't want to forget 
and not have my seatbelt on. True, yeah. And secondly, of course, it's uh, I, I believe in most cases it's safer. But there are people out there whose family members, there's certainly the stories, everybody's heard the stories, but the, the family members who about died in automobile accidents you, yeah. because they were wearing a seatbelt. And imagine you know, telling I, that person that they have to wear a seatbelt. I hate to be such a, I, I don't know, I feel apprehensive about saying this, but I would I would say something to that person about it. You know, you can get devices that you can keep in your car that can cut the seatbelt in case you needed to I've cut it. One, like if you get a ways an off. underwater crash or something like that. Isn't that one of the situations where usually they say it's less safe to have a seatbelt on? I don't know. Um, I can tell you this. The uh, I was uh, in December. I went to a I'm a volunteer firefighter, among other things in my town. Mm hmm. And I went to a call and there was a gentleman who had looked for all the world like God had taken a car and whipped it at the earth. Um, he had hit uh, two giant boulders, um, one 1,200 pounds, one um, 700 oh. pounds, knocked them, one of them more than 100 feet, the other one like 80. Um, his The, the wheel of his car went on to the uh, 20 feet up in the air on the top of the thing that covers the gas station. His car actually struck oh. gas pumps. Um, I, what I was were the, the circumstances? I mean, was... Was he intoxicated or? He, we don't know. Um, wow. I, I don't know the answer to that. I do know that they did find okay. some pills um, at the uh, the event. But he was going 120 miles an hour in a 30 mile an hour zone. And um, yeah. at least that's wow. what they're estimating. And, you know, lost control of the vehicle yeah. and hit these gas pumps. I was the first one on the scene and I was petrified, I petrified to go over there. I was prepared to do it. And then the fire chief uh, came up and said, don't, Mark, don't you dare go over there. You know, with his uh, Yankee <laughs> accent. And he, <laughs> Because I had to go get him. But then, you know, about a minute and a half later, people were on, you know, on the scene and, and we went together. And I was attempting to reach his seatbelt and I couldn't get this release lever. So there's this instance where wow. this guy was in position for another 15 seconds or something as we had to go get some shears and cut his, you know, maybe, maybe it was more than, maybe it was 30, I don't know, mm -hmm. get some scissors and cut it, his seatbelt out. Um, somebody had him in their pocket, you know, right there. And, then we pulled him out of position to 270 pound man or something like that. He was big, but you know, he was stuck for a little while longer. Yeah. And you know, I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to keep you in place. And sometimes yes. you need to not be in place. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 yeah. Statistically seatbelts are more safe than not wearing seatbelts. I'm absolutely believe yeah, that. It's it. It is. Uh, it and is sort of irrational. Skeptic, yeah. You, right, the <laughs> rational thing to say is, look, let's do the thing that keeps us the most safe most of the time. Yeah. However, if you've got a brother, your your twin brother was killed in an automobile accident and the police officer tells you, true or not, mm -hmm. and this has happened, that he probably would be alive if he didn't have a seatbelt on. Mm-hmm. Then you know what is your what are your set of choices going to be like? How are they going to be affected? Humans are yeah. pattern recognition machines. Yeah, and, and they look at circumstances, they draw conclusions, they make decisions based on them. But you know, Mark, I wouldn't want to use the government to force anybody to sure. wear a seatbelt. Of course, I that doesn't that's not consistent with my principles. But however, if I have the knowledge and information to know that statistically it's safer to wear a seatbelt, and they can really save you from some horrific car accidents. Oh yeah. I, I think I would like to tell other people about that. You know, I'm telling you as a firefighter, wear your seatbelt. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. But I'm not going to say that there aren't instances there's this off chance. And, you know, if you've got the story of the off chance, you can give us a call. Or the story of the chance where, you know, where exactly. wearing a seatbelt saved your life. I'd, I'd be interested in hearing it. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to talk but with in some case, of these people, too. The, the the bunny rabbit is looking out of his eyes. He's got a little walkie-talkie mm -hmm. to his face, a uh, little, little um, 
you know, what, what do they call the microphone, you know, the little Janet Jackson thing. He's in control, right? And, uh, you know, I'm he's just talking. picturing this. Yeah, it sounds r- ridiculous. <laughs> he's talking to his police friends down the road about the cars that he sees without seatbelts on. Because this is essentially how you'd have to work this with the seatbelt thing. Oh, I see. I see what they did. Yeah, he's a That's spotter. That's really uh, nasty. Yeah, they're fo- they're being they're not being authentic there. Right. Right. There's somebody who's designed to entrap you, essentially. Yeah, and it's and it's a fuzzy bunny. So disgusting <laughs> wow. that because they use the bunny. I mean, you know, here we are in this religious holiday. I don't. I don't know. Is it Easter? Today. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm I mean, you know, it goes to show what it's like being a Quaker and uh, you know not having to Lent? worry about holidays. <laughs> We're during Lent. Somebody's somebody right now out there is wishing they could have the thing that they gave up, and they're like, oh, "It's Lent." Charles is saying it's Palm Sunday. It is Palm Sunday, Love so they're the using the bunny doses. during this holiday week, <laughs> this holy week. Uh, it, it, you know, and the bunny's attached here, new life, and the whole thing. Uh huh. And they're using it as a way to, you know, give people uh, tickets, and uh, you know, you could just set up a camera. Yeah. And you don't need to have the whole, you know. Does the bunny thing. get a cut? Because when they when they set up cameras, usually the camera company gets a cut of the ticket. Sometimes the camera companies, but no, I'm just. I, I this wonder is if the bunny. bunny's getting some. No, the bunny cash is a cop. under the table. Cop, <laughs> cop, acting is as a spotter new? so that he can uh, wish you a holiday, happy holiday weekend, Ugh. and give you a nice fat ticket. Nasty, bad bunny. <laughs> this is Free Talk Live. You can call us at 855-450-FREE with your seatbelt stories or whatever's on your mind. This was stopped in California for being, in 2010, for being breathtakingly dangerous. But in Florida, it's been pretty successful just in the last two hours. 50 motorists were sighted. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live. Hey, I don't know what you're making fun of. This is the kind of music America was built upon. Hardworking, sober-minded Americans came up with this music. (laughs) This is the kind of music that they went courting to. And I've got to say, I've got deep respect for this kind of banjo music. That's great. Deep respect. Beautiful. Well played, Charles. <laughs> Apparently, it's going to go on all night. I Just, welcome it. I, I save here. It's going to be great. So, in case you weren't aware, you're listening to Free Talk Live. April Fool's Day edition. Exactly. And, of course, yeah, we're here on Sunday night doing this thing seven nights a week, right? That's Mark? right. Not not us specifically, but some of the Free Talk Live crew are here seven nights a week. And, of course, if you'd like to... Share your thoughts with us. We love to hear from our listeners at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. If you're looking for camping, hunting, shooting, or survival gear, manventureoutpost.com is a place to get it. They're going to get they're going to get you some great rates on it, name brands, and the best prices that you're going to find on the internet. They got fast shipping too. 
They carry knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, much more. Uh, they're family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and some prices, in fact, are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. You can go to manventureoutpost.com and look through their huge, vast array of uh, outdoor equipment for the outdoor enthusiast and get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. It's FTL is in Free Talk Live at manventureoutpost.com. Sounds good to me. Let's go to the phones, Mark. We've already got several calls waiting patiently on the line for us. And uh, I'd like to talk with Jeremy right now in Pennsylvania. He wants to talk about Derek J., our, our Tuesday night co-host on Free Talk Live, being uh, and his in- recent encounter with the police. And Jeremy, are you with me? Yes. Hi. Tell us what's on your mind. Yeah, um, I, was dri- I was driving and listening to the show, and I was hearing Mark and Ian talk about this Derek J., I'm a really new listener to the show. Is this um, on Friday? I listened, started listening a couple weeks ago. This, this, so I still don't know the difference between the voices yet. And okay. I'm pretty, I don't remember if it was Mark or it was Ian, but one of them, um, you guys were kind of saying like, oh, are you defending the police? That would be Ian. And he was trying to say he wasn't. Was that Mark or Ian? Ian was uh, asking if I was defending the police, and, uh, you know, I will, I, I, you know, I gave whatever answer I gave at the time. So um, what do you have to say on it? Well, yeah, I really, I really agreed with you that, like, when you're dealing with the courts or when you're dealing with police, you kind of know, like, you kind of know the maximum and the minimum that could happen. Like, certain offenses, you know, they could throw you in jail for, like, a couple months or a couple years, and they could just throw you the maximum if they, if they feel like it. But I watched the video with him on the bike, and I just thought that he should have... I mean, I understand that certain events happen in the beginning of the day, and, you know, he was peacefully served with the, order, the, the no trespass order, and this other officer happened to be out and maybe didn't hear about it and tried to serve him with the same thing. I'm not debating that. I'm saying, like, the simple, the, the issue of stopping on a, of, mm. of him on the bicycle, I thought, I... Oh, you no, know, it's definitely a crappy situation, Jeremy. It's, it doesn't seem like whatever he does in that, in that instance, he's likely to get his needs met, basically. You know, I mean, it's, there's no way it could come out good. Although I think if I were in I, that I just, place, I would probably choose to, to stop, you yeah. know, because I, I want to make it easier on myself if possible. Let's give a, a picture for those that uh, haven't seen the video. Derek J. was on a bicycle, and yeah. um, he had just been served with some papers like a half an hour before that, and the officer was trying to pull him over, likely to serve him with those papers. In fact, that's what it was about. Okay. But the officer didn't know that he had been served, and he was basically... I'm not going to go so far as to saying refused to pull over, but it was darn close to refusing to pull over. So the officer's pulling up beside him, uh, sirens flashing, signaling for him to pull over. And he's, you know, saying that he's going on home, which is really only, you know, another hundred feet on. But the officer gets out of his car, pulls over, runs up beside him. He still doesn't stop. And then the officer tackles him and shoves his baton into the uh, spokes of the tires. And I hate to see that, too. I I know that Derek me wants to show. You know, it's like the old Monty Python sketch from uh, I can't remember which one it is. The meaning of life or uh, the whole, the Holy Grail, okay. and um, you know the, the where the where King Arthur comes upon the anarchist commune and he says, "See, see the the violence inherent into the system," and that's essentially what's going on. Is Derek's attempting to show the violence inherent in the system? But was, and it's was true. he though, or was he just? 
I, sort of doing... That's my assumption of it. Okay, so I mean, I haven't talked of, to I, I wonder to what it was going through his head, though. Was he sort of just thinking... I know you talked about this on Friday night, yep. but I just wonder if he was kind of thinking like, well, I don't want to pull over. I'm kind of taking my time to decide what to do. I'm going to keep going for now. You know? Yeah, I don't know what uh, what exactly he was thinking about. And I'll tell you, Derek is really good at coming up with some story that uh, you know is different than what I was imagining he was thinking at the time. So I'm interested when he gets out of jail, hopefully sometime this coming week. Exactly what was he well, thinking? Uh, I want to hear the story, but I can tell you, you. Are you saying that he, you don't think he's being authentic? When no, makes- no. I, I the last time he, I, you know, I thought something would, would would have been going through his head. He had a different story, and I you see. know his his internal narrative was different than okay. what I thought it so would you're be. Curious. What to I get would, his perspective. Indeed, basically. I okay. am. I'm curious to know what his perspective is. And but I mean, here's the truth of it: if the guy would have pulled over on the bicycle and got his little papers from the from the cop, he would not be sitting in jail, and all this hullabaloo wouldn't have occurred. Jeremy, yeah, I, I I think he kind of provoked the wrath of this police officer, and I'm not saying I, I'm not excusing the cop, I'm not defending the cop, but you know when you act like that. A police officer can go from zero to ten in a second. Like it's his word. It's his word against yours. Like you just there's a time and there's a place to to say. Like you kind of have to pick your. Like I would have stopped the bike immediately. Yeah. I would have you know I would have did whatever the I would have put my hands on my head. I would have dropped to my knees. I would have well, threw and, the bike aside. I mean I Jeremy, would have whatever that... the cop said as soon as I heard the siren. And is that, are you coming from a place of like, frozen if I heard that siren? Are you coming from a place of sort of like self preservation? Fear. Fear, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think that's the, I think that's what really these instances provoke in people. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, you know, a guy in a, in a car with flashing blue lights comes up behind you and you had better pull over. Well, clearly both people are feeling <laughs> you know? afraid in that situation, right? You know, because I, I think cops probably feel some amount of fear, right? When they're not. You know, they don't know what a person's going to do. They, in this case, they knew Derek, but in general, if they try to stop somebody and this person doesn't stop, they probably start to feel a little bit. Their heart pounds a little bit. They feel scared. Well, I think that uh, I don't know. I'm not saying the that cop excuses was what they life. do. I'm just trying to. I think he was scared for his ego. Um, and okay. you know, I mean, I read the news story that came out after this, and it was a short little blurb. And frankly, the Keene Police Department sounds silly. They can't get a guy on a bicycle to pull over for them. And I mean, it just makes them sound like a ludicrous bunch of clowns. And I'm sure that that's what um, the concern is. From I mean, you know, imagine the ribbing you get going back to the police station if you. You know, follow some guy for several blocks on a bicycle with your sirens on, and you can't get him to pull over. Well, you can't ram him, especially what do you do? a gay guy. And I think there's a little bit of that. At yeah, play a, little, too, a little gay guy know? with a fedora on, and yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a pretty comical situation, and that doesn't, you know, I mean that it, it, this is a group well, that it, sort of uh, you know uses its respect, if you want to use that term, or mm-hmm. fear. You know, it, it fear is its currency. That is essentially how they get people to uh, to, to the, work with them. These these cops are just saying desperately, "Hey, listen to me, respect me, you know, obey me," and they're saying that in a way that I think hurts other people. And Jeremy, thanks for the call. Uh, we have to let you go. This is Free Talk Live. Eight five five four fifty free is our number. Phones are loaded up, and uh, I'd like to hear what you have to say. Stick around. There's more coming up. Available now, four new songs from Raja Mojo. Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. I am mad. Do 
call it democracy. Raja Mojo. Everybody knows the game is rigged. The poor stay poor, the rich stay rich. Four new songs from Raja Mojo. Buy them today at Amazon, iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at CDBaby.com. <laughs> I like that noise. <laughs> Shh, I want to hear it. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. It sounds a little Halloweeny. Yeah, maybe it's a little spooky. Yeah. It's like a dancing spider. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It I don't know, no matter what it is. <laughs> It's the up. <laughs> this is Free Talk Live. I'm, I'm so transfixed listening to the music that I didn't introduce the show. It's, uh, it's, it's Stephanie here with you. And Mark, the, uh, the, the, the April Fool's edition of Free oh, yeah. Talk Live. We're getting, we're getting it good tonight. We're getting punked. Yeah, we got uh, Rick rolled out uh, right the beginning. out of the gate. That was yeah. pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, and the, the rolls just keep on coming, right? I don't yeah. know what you call it when it's not the, uh, the Rick Roll song, but... Maybe we can make up a term. And if you have one, 855-450-FREE is our number, 855-450-3733. And uh, yeah, let's go back right to the phones, Mark. We've got a Actually, I want to do a, a read, oh, if you would. Oh, sure thing. Yeah, real quick, I want to tell you about Raja Mojo. They, uh, It's a band, and they do liberty-oriented music. And I think that you know, music, fiction books, movies, these are the best ways to get the ideas of liberty out to people, because people will become excited and transfixed by the you know the medium and the the ideas are invasive in and of themselves. Raja Mojo is a big band bursting onto the scene at cdbaby.com they are rocketing up the charts and frankly it's because folks frank great folks like uh, listeners of Free Talk Live are buying them uh, these songs and you know moving them up the charts and I I really wish you'd do the same. I went to cdbaby.com and I bought the uh, the videos, or excuse me, the uh, the audio here, and it's uh, $3.16. They're like $0.79 cents a piece to uh, buy these songs. There's four of them from Raja Mojo. You can go listen to them at youtube.com, but uh, it's amazing how far they up there. They're number one in intelligent dance music, number two, 70s rock. Uh, number one and two, they've got four songs, so they can be in different places. On retro rock, political, they're uh, three, four, five, and six. I, you know, and this is, these are ways that people are going to look here. They're going to say, oh, I should try this out. It's a very popular song. So go get these songs, listen to them, get the songs at cdbaby.com and uh, purchase them. You can download all four for 316. Like I said, it's easy. I did it. cdbaby.com. Raja yeah. Mojo. Very catchy. All right, Mark. You know, I have some more thoughts on the whole Derek, Derek J thing. I think in that situation, there's really like two people who are really scared and mad and they can't really, I guess, connect or understand where the other one is coming from. And so what happens is it ends up escalating, you know, and I think the only way to kind of uh, prevent that dynamic from happening, prevent that escalation from happening is to kind of try to up, stop down and try to connect a little bit. seems like a lot of people around here have this 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 way that they think of police and people who work for the government as like. Not really people. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you couldn't possibly relate, relate to them on anything. Sure. Right. It's I call it enemy imagery, which a lot of. Yeah, that, people call that's it a, too. yeah, that's a great, great terminology. Yeah. yeah. 
And I don't know, it, right. I think it really tends to escalate situations when both sides have that. I mean, I'm sure the police have that of the activists, too. I'm, I'm absolutely a lot of certain that that's there. the case. You know, to some extent, I think that the um, and I don't want to put the police in the, the system, the, the situation of being a victim. But to some extent, activists here want to do activism to draw other activists to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that's what happened with Derek J, although I tend to believe that that was part of the uh, scenario. And you're not going to do activism to draw people without having some kind of conflict. And, you know, a lot of people are motivated by the, you know, the the violence inherent in the system. And, of course, the police are the front lines of the, you know, monopoly of of force that is the government. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are they are the government's foot soldiers on the ground in America in order to keep us in line and you know it'd be one thing if they were stopping you know out there stopping the robberies and the murders and i'm sure they're doing their best they can for those things but in so many other ways they're peaceful you know they they kick peaceful people out of their homes when it comes to uh you know tax sales they arrest you know, hundreds of thousands of drug u- users who've done nothing more than choose to alter their mind in a way that is illegal as opposed to the legal ways mm-hmm. um and you know this is this is what cops do so you know there's a lot of people that, that well, feel no, that they're emotionally pit against the police oh there's so, no doubt that they there are legitimate complaints i mean and so when derek you know if derek just if derek stopped for the cop and took his papers you don't have a news story you don't have a video so the video may result in some people picking up and choosing to come to New Hampshire in order to, you know, do more activism of the type that I prefer not to see, frankly. Well, I, I wonder at what cost those high conflict videos and stuff come. I don't know. You know what I mean? Because I, I think what they do is deepen people dig in their heels on both sides. Right. And they have even more trouble seeing one another I in saw a way the video that they relate I was, to each other. I saw the video and, and I was like, well, she should have stopped. Here I am. I'm completely on board with the uh, the ideas, the political ideas that yeah. Derek has. And I was, you know, nonplussed. Unmoved. Yeah, I have to say, um, I'm scared for my friend and I want him yes. to be well. Yeah, but I do, too. I hate to see any. I I almost don't even want to watch those videos because I get so upset when I sure. see my friends being hurt and yeah. and just this this conflict that doesn't have to happen. And once the police officer is committed, once his lights are on, he doesn't have a choice. He does. Uh, he has to he, go forward. He always has a choice. He has a choice, right? He always but, has a choice, but uh, right. it's, he's committed to that. He's committed. Yeah, mentally. Uh, yeah. Mentally, and it's really his job. I mean, what is it going to be like? What's it going to be like him going back to the lieutenant and saying, yep, that guy on the bicycle got away from me. I didn't mm-hmm. want to use violence against him. What? Yeah. Huh? He's trying to balance that. You know, he wants to be respected and wants to keep his job, I'm sure. All those so there's things. There's a lot of pressure. On, and as I understand that. it, this officer was not one of the, the bad guys, you know? Well, he's made into a bad guy now, I think, by all these things that portray him as, a, as evil or bad, right? Yeah. And I think, honestly, what you said about activism, not you know, there not being a story unless there's some conflict, I disagree with that. I think that... What I try to do personally is I don't mean that all conflict activism. resolution. I yeah. mean, I think we could all benefit from learning more about conflict resolution and how to de-escalate these kind of situations rather than sort of trying to make saying, well, I'm not going to convince um, this police officer because he's far beyond hope or whatever. I'm just doing this for all the other people who might be watching. And yeah, that might work to attract some people. But what, 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 what if you embrace conflict resolution instead? I'm I mean, all for you, it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I to me, the it idea doesn't of the fr- mean like working within the political system or anything, because I don't 
espouse that either. But I don't know. I just we do have some calls, Mark. But okay, let's take them. <laughs> okay, let's go back to uh, Taryn. He's calling from Georgia. He wants to talk about seatbelts. And Taryn, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. I was waiting for some more banjo music. <laughs> you like that? Did you dance? I did. Actually, we, we approve of that from Georgia. That was excellent. <laughs> there Play you go, that all the time instead of Ian's hard rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can use a change every once in a while. I, I'm glad uh, that you had that. I appreciate the mix-up. So what's on your mind, Terry? Um, well, I used to be a chiropractor, and uh, so I've got a little more experience than the average Joe with seatbelts. Okay. And what really happens with them is seatbelts are a good thing. Normally, I'm going to tell you where your seatbelt because it saves your life. But just about anything from um, about 20 miles below, a seatbelt will usually do more damage to your body than it's worth because it, it adds a rotational force to the injury. Mm-hmm. So it'll tear one side of the spine apart and one side of the neck apart where you would have a lot less. Um, you really only have one or two degrees of a movement when you get hit from behind, but with the seatbelt, it, it kind of makes it a three-degree three injury. It, it, it adds rotation in and tears some some serious stuff up. Mm-hmm. So I don't even wear my seatbelt, like, if I'm not going over 15 miles per hour, like in a parking lot or mm-hmm. driving around the store. It actually will do more damage to you than it's worth wearing. Mm. Well, that makes sense, and I really appreciate your perspective as somebody who really understands the mechanics of the anatomy and stuff. But uh, it seems like in most situations, at least when I'm driving, fifteen, I am, rarely I, under fifteen. Yeah, it's usually but over twenty or thirty. I've heard a lot of people yeah, in New Hampshire then, then say you should definitely wear one. I mean, we'll keep you alive. But what I'm trying to say is, if you're just piddling around, it, you shouldn't. It should. Well, it should never be illegal. Like, I should be able to kill myself if I want and not wear a seatbelt. But <laughs> but the flip side is uh, common sense. They actually do more damage at low injury, uh, low speed injuries than, than their work. Great to know, Taryn. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate your expertise. This is Free Talk Live. There's more coming up. Call us at 855-450-FREE if you have thoughts you want to discuss. And stick around. There's more on the way. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Talk live. I love that show. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. I don't want to have any confusion there. You know, Free Talk Live is an international show, and there's lots of people out there that probably have never seen the Andy Griffith show. So this is a, mm-hmm. a promo for the Andy or the, the opening uh, song for the Andy Griffith show. Which Thank is you, because I couldn't place it either myself. Oh, you actually. couldn't? No, it's. Uh, no, I'm a youngin. This, it, imagine <laughs> little Opie back when uh, Ron Howard, who is the famous director now, was well seven or eight. You know, walking down the road with. Uh, with his uh, fishing pole over his shoulder, skipping skipping <laughs> rocks and that kind of thing. Sounds like a fun life. And uh, if it, you want to have some fun tonight, you should give us a call at 855-450-FREE. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Mayberry certainly was idyllic. Sure thing. So, Mark, we've got a lot of calls on the line. I want to take some more of them. Sure. Real quick, I want to tell everybody about archives.freetalklive.com. You can go mm-hmm. there to, and get download 
<laughs> you know, for free. Voluminous. Yeah, vol- it's just incredible. You can get Huge us uh, all, every show that we have available to you for the last five years at archives.freetalklive.com completely free. Free Talk Live has the biggest repository of archives on the internet. It, it, I don't know if that's, I, I wouldn't be able to, to, I haven't checked all the other shows, but we certainly have a lot of them. NPR probably has a lot of free shows too. Mm, yeah, I wonder if they go back that far, but yeah. They're not going to be advocating uh, complete liberty in your lifetime, though. No way. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see what Frank in New York is uh, advocating tonight. Frank, are you with us? Uh, Good evening, Stephanie and Mark. How are you doing up there? All is well. That's good. We're rainy down here in uh, New York. Rainy and chilly. Uh, Ooh, better bundle up in your your home with a nice little... Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's interesting. You know what? The only thing is... When I heard the story about, you know, the police following the bicyclist, the activist. You mean Derek J? Yeah, Derek okay. J. I mean, you know what's kind of sad about that? There's a lot of energy spent on that when there could be other more important and practical bits of activism. What were you, you know what of? I mean. And I have to tell you, I mean, I like the idea of the Shire being the free state project and everything. But, you know, you guys have a lot of nasty police up there and... Putting people in jail for very little cause, I mean, it kind of goes against the whole, you know, free state project. I mean, it, listening to that, I would say, well, you know, it doesn't seem to be too free up in uh, New Hampshire. And uh, But enough said about that. What no, I wanted, no, no, let me, well, let me yeah, address it. We gotta, uh, yeah. Let me address it. I don't think that uh, our police are any different. In fact, I'd say that uh, generally keen cops are, are better than most, more professional than, than, than many in many places. And for one reason... They're used to being uh, filmed. Secondly, they you know have requirements as far as uh, education that is is higher for sure. them. But you know if you try try not stopping for a police officer on a bicycle and see what happens to you anywhere. I mean, this is I don't think that it's any different anywhere. Um, no, you stop in New York. I mean, I have to tell you when I ride my bike along the Hudson River on the bike trail. And, you know, there's certain stops where the police have their, like, uh, little, you know, where their cars are stationed in the traffic lights. You always stop, and if they come up and ask you to stop or something, you do it. I mean, it's kind of uh, more from a public safety thing. But what's interesting, if he was served with papers prior to that, then, you know, the cops should have known about that in a sense. But on the other hand... Uh, I also know that from maybe it's different now in Keene, but you know, 20 years ago, especially in the winter time, a lot of affluent people would go to Keene to do skiing and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So the police were very kind of open and liberal. You know, provided people weren't drinking and driving and stuff. You know, they were kind of aware of you know the economy and aware of the fact that there were a lot of you know revelers and skiers and people that were you know kind of. Uh, Maybe not as serious as they would be in their day-to-day Cutting lives. loose. Yeah, and the police were very careful about that. You know, they were very aware of that, and they didn't hassle a lot of people. So some but people had I've heard privilege, over the last basically. Year, <laughs> I mean, the police in New Hampshire seem to be kind of uh, uh, aggressive and, you know, doing things that really impinge upon the freedom of the people. And as I said, I don't think that's the best way to sell, you know, the free state or the shire uh, but the issue no, I wanted I, to talk I agree, about Frank. Frank was, well, wait, hold on a second. I'm I, sorry, go ahead. I, I, I pretty much agree with you, and I think that 
it's because of that enemy imagery that we talked about before. It's because right. they I think don't think of, the cops are any different than they've ever been here. I, yeah. I just I just think that they're being focused upon and therefore, um, you know, they're put into situations and, uh, you know, what normal cop work, which isn't particularly pretty work, is being, you know, shown. We need sure. to get like a good mediator in here. <laughs> that would probably help. Anyway, Frank, that, continue on. Your other point. Could, yeah, the issue I wanted to discuss was the Iran-Iraq situation. Sure. And the fact that now the, uh, I believe the Enterprise Battle Group is linking up with the two other carrier groups, you know, around the Straits of Hormuz. And it's very, very dangerous. In fact, if the United States, NATO, Israel attack Iran, Iraq is going to come in on their side. Even though they were enemies 20-some years ago oh, yeah. when they fought each other, uh, the point is the whole situation is going to erupt. And it's certainly not worth, you know, and attempting to take out or destabilize the country of 86 million people that have a legal right to their nuclear research and their nuclear power program. Uh, just because a country that has over 640 thermonuclear weapons in the region feels threatened by that. Right. I mean, and also, what is Russia going to do? What are China going to do? Arsenal to understand that it's a dangerous world, and maybe we better stabilize the region instead of destabilizing uh, former Arab allies and countries that... Uh, but is there uh, anything that... do have a right to exist in the region. But, Frank, do you think... I mean... Are you advocating the U.S. going in and, quote, stabilizing the region? What does that mean, do you think? No, no, we're not stabilizing the region. We're destabilizing the region. Well, right, that, that, is, that is what is happening right now. But are you, correct. Ad, are you advocating and some that's what proactive... Happened, that's what happened with Saddam Hussein, uh, taking him out, who had nothing to do with 9-11. It's the same thing that the GW, George Herbert Walker Bush did in the first Gulf War of right. 1991. I, I think we're in agreement about that, Frank. I just want and to I know mean, if you... Really I, I just, more than, Frank... I'd, yes. I'd just like to know if you advocate the U.S. taking some kind of action to, quote, stabilize the region. Like, what did you no, mean? No, heavens no. Let the, let the okay. neighbors, let the citizens in their neighborhood deal with that. Yeah. No one gave us the mandate to be a big international policeman that actually violates the rights of the countries, their territorial sovereignty, there the right go. to political determination. And uh, just because, you know, uh, one country in the region uh, that's been usurping uh, Many things and resources in the region violates international law with impunity, uh, just wants us to go over and do their job. It's not worth it. It's time for the U.S. and NATO uh, to pull out of the region. And There you, know, you go, Frank. Well, well said. It. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate your thoughts. Bye-bye. You know, I uh, was watching. Uh, uh, I, I'm probably the the military channel watchingest Quaker in America. I love to watch the military channel, and I just I just look at all the things that uh, basically the United States military has in these stories and stuff like that. And do you feel stressed out when you do that? Sometimes. Okay. And Just kidding, the, wondering. <laughs> I was watching, I think it was the, I, I believe it was the captain of uh, the enterprise, uh, this, this Nimitz class, uh, uh, aircraft carrier, one of the you know, largest structures man has ever created floating on the water. Um, and these battle groups and his terminology that he used is when this thing comes into a region, it projects peace in a 400 mile radius. Wow. Some <laughs> double speak. <laughs> projects, yeah. peace. projects peace. As if threatening your neighbor is, is, a, is, is peace. I, I just, no, you know, now not. I get. Yes, I think that people 
that that it can be threatening if somebody has a weapon around you and they're but you liable can't to bring use peace that weapon. Fear, though, that's the thing. Right at the point of a gun. Now you can have stabilization, but threats don't make peace. No. You know, I mean, if <laughs> and it's, even if they do, it's not going to be a long-lasting peace. You know, it's, it's not, peace. not genuine, peace, right? Peace means that people are getting, uh, you know, people are getting their needs met. They're getting yeah. what they want. Um, they're y- trading with each other, interacting, having yeah. voluntary relationships. It's suggesting that we had peace when black people were enslaved in the United States. It was suggesting. I mean, that's not a state of peace. No. That's a state of subjugation. Yeah, and that's what violence brings it brings subjugation in a lot of cases i mean you can use you can have weapons and you can use those weapons to free yourself mm-hmm. i would say that somewhere in in the course of human events being generous maybe one uh, maybe 10 percent of the conflicts have been uh, about you know freedom and and that kind of thing but I, m- most of them seem to be you know powers going after each other for no yeah, good reason yeah most of them are Religions and governments, and sometimes they're one and the same, you know, having these conflicts. Let's go, let's go back to the phones. We've got a call on the line from Missouri. Dan's with us, and he'd like to talk about Trayvon Martin. Uh, Dan, are you here? Yeah. What's on your mind? Uh, you, uh, yeah, you guys have been talking about uh, uh, people's uh, perception of the police departments uh, around the country. And I believe the police departments draw that attention and that impression on purpose uh, in particular, one miscarriage of justice in Sanford, Florida right now, where there was the shooting of the neighborhood watchman where he shot up. You know, Dan, we've been talking about that a lot on the show over the past couple of weeks. I'd l- ask you to hold your thoughts because I want to hear what you have to say. And if you want to say something, 855-450-FREE is our number. Trayvon Martin or anything else that's on your mind, it's on Free Talk Live. And there's more coming up. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. I can't remember. But it's awesome. <laughs> Charles, what is this? <laughs> I don't know. I know he's got He's going to make us there. keep guessing. That's right. Karma Chameleon. <laughs> you can't go wrong with George Michael. <laughs> or was oh, yeah, that Boy can. George? I'm so confused. Boy George. Boy George. Yeah. All right. I guess we're you know, not up on pop culture, Mark, but we still recognize the songs that we like. <laughs> Yeah, I would not call myself an expert in that area. <laughs> it's Free Talk Live. You're listening to the live April Fool's edition. Yeah, and, you know, it's, you couldn't it's, tell. It's running fast and loose here. <laughs> it's Mark. <laughs> and Stephanie. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. Indeed. And you can go to uh, listen.freetalklive.com to find out all the ways you can get Free Talk Live into your ears. There's all kinds of resources like live streams, several different bandwidths for you to choose from, uh, radio affiliates, how you can get on the satellite, or you can listen on the webcam at cam.freetalklive.com. So uh, listen.freetalklive.com for all of those ways to get in touch with the show. 
And of course, we do this seven nights a week, right, Mark? That's what it is. It's Free Talk Live. 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. All right, Mark, let's go back to the phones. We had a spate of phone calls in the Indeed. last uh, hour, uh, continuing that. Dan was with us in Missouri, and uh, Dan wanted to bring up something about the Trayvon Martin case. And Dan, why don't you go ahead with your thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, people wonder why the uh, the public has such a damn view of the police department. Well, you look at how they do their job. Sometimes they do it to such extremes, like they did the gentleman on the bicycle running him off the road with the police car. And then on the other hand, you have Sanford, Florida, where the uh, where they're going after Mr. Zimmerman over the shooting. Well, how, what happened there? I don't know because I wasn't there. But there's a major wait. They're they're going deal. after him, or they're not going after him. I don't know. You know, I'm not sure if they are or not. I wasn't there, and I don't know exactly what happened. But there is a major travesty of justice going on there. Wasn't the whole thing that the police were not charging Zimmerman? Yeah, they weren't at first. Uh, They took him in and questioned him after the shooting, and then they released him. But the problem is we have the Black Panthers down there right now on live TV putting up posters wanted dead or alive for Mr. Zimmerman, $10,000 cash yeah. they'll pay. I don't, think, I don't think that's going to solve anything. I mean, I, I can certainly empathize with their frustration, you know, that they, yeah. they don't think justice is being served in this case, but I don't think that's going to More help. injustice isn't going to solve, no, it's, solve well, it. Well, yeah. it's really not being served because uh, the American people isn't getting justice. They're allowing, where I come from in Missouri, that's called conspiracy to commit murder, yeah. and nobody is being arrested for it. I don't know who, necessarily who you would arrest. Like, you know, the, the problem is with a group, what do you do? You, do you go in and say, the, uh, you arrest the president? He's like, hey, how, is there a president for one, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, do you arrest uh, some of the, the, the people in the inner circle? And then the guy's like, hey, I didn't have anything to do with that. And is that even a crime to suggest that but somebody else Somebody was crime? on video saying, you know, I, I believe there's somebody on video offering yep. the... Um, yeah, I don't think they're completely, yep. like, irresponsible if somebody, you know, like, if, if somebody's inciting violence and they're not doing the violence themselves you know maybe they had some role in it maybe they're not completely uh not involved in the situation if but somebody believes that ten thousand dollars is to be had i, I i'm it, sorry it, i disagree yeah, yeah no you're right if there's ten thousand dollars i wasn't thinking about that mark but. if mr zimmerman got killed would they not be complicit in his murder seems to me yeah for sure and encouraging somebody's it. breaking where I live in Missouri, if I put up wanted posters on a black man where I live, I guarantee they wouldn't just throw me in jail. They would weld the door shut. Yeah, and I think well, that this is, I think this why, case has but become... But why a black man? And what about any man? I mean... Because this is in this case, it's black people offering a uh, reward on a white person. So you think there's yep. some racial discrimination going on? There's huge well, race, there's, racial there's, undertones. There's, but there are in either direction, though. Sure That's the are. thing. There's Dan? a completely different set of standards anymore in... Uh, it's just, I don't, it's just not being fair in this country anymore. I mean, they want to go after him, but we don't even know what happened for sure. That's why I'm not commenting on that shooting because I wasn't there. I don't have any evidence on what happened. But when you go placing a bounty on somebody's head and offering to have them killed for $10,000, that's conspiracy to commit murder. That's federal crimes. While you're not in prison is beyond me because they got you on TV, on the news. They know exactly who it is putting up the posters saying that on TV. They stated yesterday on national news that they're trying to get up a million dollars. They're getting it from the black communities. They're going to try and raise it to a million dollars. And if the state of Florida does not prosecute Zimmerman, they're going to take him and prosecute him their own way. Yeah, I maybe mean, I, as far as I'm concerned, that that's not going to solve anything. And, no, and you're right. I think it, I think it's a it. From what it sounds like, it sounds like a crime to me. Dan, thanks for the call tonight. And 
you know, something about that bothered me a little bit. Like he sort well, of I, had this like, oh, the white people were being oppressed. And well, no, not really. I, there's I, some I, discrimination. It looks like on both sides. I think sides there's backlash here. around, you know, what I hear from the situation. This is the problem with the case is, is it's now become a political football and it's no longer about justice and what's right. What's right is what's right. And this case is this case. And there's no but doubt. Was that it, the, it was never about justice and what's right, though, because, no, you know, the, the justice was never served clearly somebody's dead and there's no you know no 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 accountability for that i don't i don't know i mean you know there's there's instances where somebody gets shot you know sometimes there are just things where man that's messed up and it was you know one of those circumstances i don't think george zimmerman should have been following this kid if this kid hasn't done anything especially running around houses behind him and that kind of thing but I don't think that Trayvon should have jumped out and gone after him if that's what he did. And I don't know. I mean, you know, it's there's so many different co- uh, conflicting stories. And I think we all have to sit back and wait for the truth on this circumstance. But to me, it may never it's come about out. It the, it's about the out. undertones. And one thing's for certain. Black people in the United States feel like there's a different set of rules for them. They oh, feel I think like the statistics objectively argue that they, they feel look- like they're not going to get justice and that this that that. You know that sometimes that they that they can be treated uh, worse than white people, and yeah. it's okay in the eyes of of the judicial system. They feel that way. A lot of white people feel like, hey, ho, ho, I didn't have anything to do with this. I I promise you, I've never owned any slaves, and I've never sub you know subjected any black people to anything bad I can think of. So you know, don't blame me just because of the color of my skin. So this, and then the ping pong ball just bebops back and forth between the two groups, and everybody gets all upset about something that didn't ever happen to them. Yeah. Okay, I can see that for sure. I do have a little bit of, I mean. You know, I want people to care what happens to me, right? And I don't. Sure. I, I want to be treated fairly. I don't want to be stereotyped uh, for reasons that I can't control, like because I'm a woman or because I'm white or whatever. And I feel for for the people who think they are being treated unfairly and are that Jewish nobody cares. White? Uh, of- I'm, I don't consider myself Jewish. My mother's I, but, Jewish, but, but I'm ethnic, ethnically, right? You know. No, I don't believe in that. I mean, it's a religious. It's a ethnicity? silly religious rule. My my father wasn't Jewish, so am, am I half Jewish? I don't know. I just. I'm definitely not religious. Some people, some people that would consider themselves white, would not consider you white because of your partial Jewish heritage. <laughs> well, I'm not brown. I yeah. don't know. And some people that are white would not consider me white because of my, you know, sort of mixed heritage too. So whatever. Okay. Well, the, I don't the care po- what people think as far as uh, you know my color. I prefer not to. I you know I yeah. Obviously, those designations are kind of arbitrary, don't you think? I mean, because like, what defines white? What defines black or Hispanic or whatever? I mean, there are lots of different groupings of characteristics that people say define those things but not everybody who falls under those categories has all those things and then there are people who are in the middle and you know so i think what matters is what people self-identify as and Uh what they choose for themselves in those areas and you know i mean it's 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 a tough race isn't an easy issue but i don't think we get there by continuing to wallow in the mire of it you know we got mistreated here they got mistreated there everybody got mistreated hey here's no not everybody got mistreated white people didn't they have what are you talking about 
Look, history. Hey, Four hundred years ago, my 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 White ancestors were, were killing good. Native Wait Americans. Four hundred years slaves. ago, my ancestors were good for nothing but bearing the bastard children of the overlord and fighting his wars. The fact is, slavery has been rampant. And slavery was the static. Uh, okay, uh, but state black people of, were enslaved by the white people and by the government. I've I mean, never owned any s- slaves, and I don't have. No. I, there's nobody alive in America that owned anybody else. You know, so it's talking true. about that doesn't really solve anything. It's true, but pretending it doesn't exist doesn't solve anything either. All I'm saying is I care that people get treated fairly, and I think in order to stop that, we have to be actively anti-racist and against it. I, I think that uh, you know, act, if, if you keep on bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up, the, the wounds never heal. It's Free Talk Live. Let us know what you think. Eight- Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. <laughs> Is this one? I'm stumped. It means nothing to me. Yeah. <laughs> it means something to someone. <laughs> and this is Free Talk Live. Somebody's going, ooh, ooh, that's... And whoever it is. That's my favorite song. <laughs> chocolate nice. Rain. Charles says Chocolate Rain. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Yes. Gorgeous. Somebody and- can play the piano real well. Nice. <laughs> and they even recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> this is Free Talk Live, of course. You can call us at 855-450-3733. It's a show where you can bring up whatever's on your mind. You know, I went to a friend's house who was entertaining a friend who was in town. He was a concert pianist. Um, and I have never gone to... Pianist, yeah. Yeah, a pianist. <laughs> and he had gone to... Uh, you know, I have never been in sort of one of these intimate settings. This, to me, was a singular experience. I've certainly You got seen... intimate with the pianist? That's right, I did. <laughs> but I was in his home, and there were a dozen people there. And he sat and played for 45 minutes and because of the intimacy of the the venue and and just this guy's superlative playing it was moving in a way that i've never experienced before and yeah, i bet so, that was beautiful I, you know I, i'm not the kind of guy that's going to get all excited about live music as a matter of fact it's just too noisy for me i don't like to go into bars where live music's being played people seem to use uh, volume instead of uh, talent in my opinion and and i'm kind of grumpy anyway so but, you know, in this instance, I was just stunned. I was just amazed. I really enjoyed myself. Oh, that's, that's what wonderful, that Mark. <laughs> so did it inspire you to learn how to play piano? No. 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 I <laughs> did get one of his CDs, though. <laughs> sure, he appreciated that, as artists do. Indeed. Did you pay a penny for it? I did not. Well. He was giving them out. I heard you have a story about Canada and what they're yes. doing with the pennies. Yep. It looks like. Hoping this isn't a April Fool's joke because if, if people, long-term listeners of this show, know that there's two things I'm truly passionate about: is news stories about Bigfoot and the one cent piece. I believe you have stories about both tonight. Yeah, you? I do actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your April Fool's wish came true, Mark. <laughs> now you know. I the only thing that sounds like an April Fool's story about this one you just briefly read me the headline. 
something about Canada getting rid of pennies. It seems like such a rational thing for a government to do, and governments don't usually make rational decisions. So, indeed, there you go. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the so it's here from CTV.ca, Ottawa. It's the end of the line for Canada's humble penny. The government has decided our lowest denomination coin is more trouble than it's worth. So the Royal Canadian Mint will stop distributing the penny this fall. It's a currency without currency, Finance Minister Jim Flattery said Thursday. You need you need yourself a nice platitude to be able to, to close the door on this uh, the uh, Canadian one-cent piece. In his budget speech, he said the only surprise is the penny survived for so long. Pennies take up too much space in our dressers at home. They take up far too much time for small businesses trying to grow and create jobs. I'm not sure that's true. The pennies creating up too much time. Mm. Maybe, maybe. He said in prepared remarks, it costs taxpayers a penny and a half every time we make one, and we will therefore stop It's higher than them. that in the U.S., actually. I mean, I think we read an article, Mark, about a month or two ago saying that it actually costs 2.4 cents to I make a penny. I thought it was 2.1, but yeah, okay. Oh, maybe it was, yeah. maybe More than was. two cents to create a penny. Yeah, and they're saying it only costs them a cent and a half, so maybe yeah. they're doing well compared There's to a, the US. Some of their coins are thinner and, and you know, feel chintzier, but whatever. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I, um, but I mean, when it's would you rather have an extra cent stolen from you or an extra, excuse me, extra half a cent stolen from you or two cents? I don't know. They seem to have a plan here. Cash transactions will soon be way. rounded to the nearest <laughs> five cent increment. So if coffee costs 127 cents, it'll be rounded to 125. But if it's $1.28, um, then it'll co- cost $1.30. So they're rounding uh, the sixes and sevens down to fives and ones and twos down to, uh, to zeros and then rounding up the eights and nines to um, zeros and then the fours, uh, threes and fours up to uh, fives. And, you know, right. sounds somewhat equ- equitable. And I now bet they you only a lot of businesses will nickels. round up. You know what I mean? They'll just raise their prices a couple cents. They'll raise their prices one cent. You know, I mean, th- th- inflation. Frankly, businesses have a very <laughs> difficult time inflating their prices in order to keep up with the inflation that the, the, the government creates in the monetary system. So. Right. You know, I mean, it's just another way for them to sort of usually inch they up. make they make their products smaller. Right. So they don't have to raise the prices. Sometimes that's that's inflation. one of the tricks. Yeah. People do understand that prices do need to be raised every once in a while. But, you know, I, to me, to my mind, I remember when bread was ninety nine cents a loaf and bread should be ninety nine cents a loaf. And it's a dollar ninety nine now, and it's frustrating to me to see these things. And you know, yeah. I, I remember when gasoline was a dollar, and it bothers me that now I've got to pay $4. four. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people feel that same way. Let's go to the phones, Mark. We've got Alex on the line in Maryville, Tennessee, and he wants to talk about. It sounds like the sovereign citizen movement. Alex, are you with us? Hi. Um, I'll actually uh, call you about a story. I don't know if you would. Um had seen this, or if anyone called talked about it, it was on the cover of the weekend edition of uh, USA Today. Uh, it was the big cover story. It uh, involved an, a fella in Texas who um, had, was a apparently one of these so-called sovereign citizens who, like 12 years ago, had uh, supposedly assaulted a state trooper, and now he's hauled up in uh, his compound whatever they're calling it and right. oh, this is not the guy whose whose son uh he he and his, sh- his son i believe shot a police officer who pulled them over that's like the other that's a, that's right. a different this one this is not the same person okay thank you yeah this this guy is still just they hold up in his i guess his farm out somewhere in texas 
hmm. in East Texas. But basically, the gist of the story was just trying to use it to um, stoke up fear about the sovereign citizen movement. Right. And they, they willed out all the um, SPLC uh, stats about uh, how there's that's the southern poverty citizens and two hundred thousand sympathizers. Right, and, that's the Southern Poverty Law Center, and they've got this. Uh, they've they've moved from trying to help black people, uh, you know, integrate into society to uh, basically an arm of the Department of Homeland Security going after these sovereign citizens. Um, they've they basically become this, you know, uh, liberal front group uh, for, now, the, I, for the government. I don't know too much about any of these, but. Like, do you think that there might be something to that? Like, do you think some sovereign citizens might actually be racist or far fewer uh, nationalistic? What do you? What's okay? Well, like sort of How white, white nationalists, so-called. What difference does it make? Um, if 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 they're white nationalists and they have never harmed a black person, what doesn't it still sound like the mandates of uh, the Sovereign Poverty Law Center? Or I mean, how many cops? The Sovereign Poverty Law Center is uh, siding with the police, warning them about the sovereign citizen movement, putting out videos, warning that these people are dangerous. Yeah. Um, how many cops have harmed black people versus how many sovereign citizens have? Oh, true. I and, think maybe they're scared to go out after the cops. Right. And I, mean, sure. I, I think that they're getting their funding from the Department of Homeland but, Security. I mean, the, so they're, they're, just to play devil's advocate, though, Mark, I mean, they're supposedly, well, if they're getting Department of Homeland Security money, then I guess they wouldn't be a private organization. But if they are actually a private organization and they want to go out and try to infiltrate different groups to expose racism, if they think that's what's going on, do you? have an issue with that a free citizen can go wherever they want but i can say whatever i want about that particular activity Mm -hmm. and as far as i'm concerned the southern poverty law center has lost its mandate an organization that did a lot of good things for a lot of people has gone off the rails and off the reservation and is now trying to you know and we're all supposed to be sovereign that was the idea behind this country yeah alex Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate your thoughts on the sovereign citizens. And if you want to call us, 855-450-FREE is the number. Let us know what's on your mind. Love to hear from you. It's Free Talk Live, and there's more coming up. Stay tuned. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a 32nd edition of Verbal Surgery. I'm your verbal surgeon, Tim A. Cummins, here to radiate your brain for maximum gain. And let me tell you, my friends, get on to the verbalsurgery.com train. Come check it out. Listen to this podcast, and you will feel better right now because you are awesome. Looking forward to seeing you at verbalsurgery.com. Take it easy, baby. Awesome. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. That sounds like every song from the 80s to me. Mm. Or from the aughts. I have no idea when this was from, but a lot of dance remixes that I've heard. Yeah, it does sound like that. (laughs) They pretty much uh, remix Yaz into everything from the the late Mm -hmm. 80s and early 90s. Oh, babies. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) It's the April Fool's edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. Mm, And Stephanie. And uh, if you want to call us, you can do so at 855-450-FREE. Love to hear your thoughts. You can bring up anything that's on your mind this evening. And I want to let you know to check out news.freetalklive.com. It's the best way to get all the different uh, 
methods you can use for staying up to date with the show. Finding out when there's any big news, like we add an affiliate or anything like that, can follow us on Facebook and Twitter from there. It's news.freetalklive.com. If you're interested in the ideas of liberty, and that's what we talk about here uh, day in and day out on Free Talk Live, um, we're all proponents of uh, human liberty and uh, um, the belief uh, in the, the, the arena of rights theory that humans operate best and most efficiently when they are most free. Ooh. If, you, <laughs> if you believe in these ideas like we do, there's a movement. It's called the Free State Project, and it's a movement of, at this point, more than a thousand people have picked up their lives and moved to New Hampshire in order to work for what they, uh, what the uh, the oath says that to to make the government the the role of government to its maximum role to be the protection of life, liberty, and property. And if that interests you, go to freestateproject.org, get signed up, state your intention to move to New Hampshire, and begin putting together your life. Some of us, you know, it can take years to get here, and signing up... Get on it. (laughs) Yeah, signing up years in advance, there's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, once we do get to the 20,000 number uh, of signers, at this point we're maybe 11,500, once we get to the 20,000... Yeah, this isn't a crazy pipe dream. 11.5 thousand people have actually pledged that they'll move to New Hampshire. Sure. That's right. And, and create a freer society. You know, frankly, I don't need them all. At this point, a thousand yeah. people have been extraordinarily effective. Yeah. Another thousand people that would be, you know, would, would give those people some breathing room. So because, you know, it's a lot of work doing these things. You need to be able to, to tag team, cycle in, cycle out. And, uh, you know, two, one or two th- more thousand people. That's going to be all that it takes to at this point in New Hampshire. There are some amazing things that happened. A more liberty-oriented media coming out of New Hampshire than any other place on the on the globe. Yeah, there is uh, a libertarian veto in the New Hampshire General Court, its house, its state house version, and you know. These are amazing things. It's freestateproject.org. You want to find out? You want to taste test? Come to Porkfest. I was going to say, if you're Liberty Curious, go to Porkfest. Liberty Curious. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite phrase. You can get, you can get away with that one. Um, yeah. Por- <laughs> Why P-O-R-C- can I get away with it? <laughs> F-E-S-T dot com. Because your, your voice is so sultry. You sound great when you say it. Go to freestateproject.org. <laughs> That's just... Sign up today. Now you sound like you're doing a, a marital aid commercial. <laughs> uh, well, the Free State Project might help your marriage because then you can come to New Hampshire and meet a partner who's liberty-minded. Just done like all those things for lots of people. <laughs> people people's marriages have been benefited and not, not benefited by the Free State Project. It's a movement and people are passionate about the movement. That's true. Porkfest. Dot org, Free State no, Project. Porkfest.com. Porkfest.com. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. And uh, if you go there, you can find out more about the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is a really fun camping event held every summer. You can kind of get a taste for what New Hampshire's like. You can meet some people. You can uh, see what the activism's like. Um, get a get a little little taste, and then hopefully you'll be convinced to want more. <laughs> some people don't want to leave after they come to Porkfest. But let's go, Mark, to the phones. I, I'd like to take a call from... Rotten Johnson in Arkansas. Rotten Johnson wants Arkansas. to talk about Trayvon. Rotten Johnson, are you with us? Yes, I am. That's Rodney, R-O-D-N-E-Y, Johnson. Oh, Rodney. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. I guess our board operator might, excuse me, board operator might have misunderstood. So uh, what's on your mind, Rodney? Well, yeah, that was a pretty interesting conversation you had a moment ago about the Florida situation. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, race... We we are still in a racial society. Yes. We live in a racial society, and uh, for people to think that we're not living in a racial society, then they're kind of mistaken. They're deceiving themselves. I'm, I do a lot of work here in Arkansas, mm-hmm. and 
I'm noticing that there's a lot of conservative radio talk and kind of feeding the ignorance here in Arkansas. I'm from another state doing work in Arkansas. Uh-huh. And the people themselves, uh, they're genuinely, uh, genuinely authentic. They're good people. But if they only hear one side, then they don't have any uh, basis on which to form an opinion. Sure. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit more about that, Rodney? Because I'm curious what you think, like, what are some of the misconceptions that you hear from the conservative well, this is talkers? a very conservative state. And as you know, it's a red state. I'm from a red state, but I'm very progressive. Mm-hmm. And it's almost as though the Civil War just ended yesterday, last year. And, and wow. for most people, the Civil War is so far removed that it's actually two or three generations away. And for us to be talking about the Civil War and slavery and southern states and people's sovereign rights and all those different types of things, uh, it's a little remote, and it should be moved more toward a progressive era, I uh-huh. think. Yeah. So how would you go about um, you know, get, seeing this uh, post-racial United States? I've loved to see this thing. Because I don't think that a little bit of melanin or caucagen or cocotin in somebody's skin should be the thing that upon which they're they're judged. True, uh, but then again, you're 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 not seeing a person for themselves. See, a lot of misconception happens when people say that I don't see color. When actually that's a yeah, mistake. I agree. You should see color and respect that color and those ethnicities and those uh, all those different things that make a person unique and say that is a great person. John is a great person, you know, and then people would have, from our conversation, people would have to be confused by color. They would have to be uh, respectful of a person based on who they are. If, I, if that makes sense. I'm well, not sure if it does. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if it me. does so, uh, for me, because uh, I think that the, the least compelling part of me, the part of me that I want people to be moved by and inspired by is certainly not my color. I mean, it is a, an accident of birth. And well, it is, Mark. But well, it's not you... an accident. God, God does, they don't make accidents. Okay. Uh, and, and your color is not an accident. Well, you can't uh, control it, right? I think maybe that's what Mark is saying. You can't well, control what color you are. But that's not anything that we can control. God controls all of that. Well, I mean, so, so so what do you I'm think, born Mark? As Rodney, you're born as whoever you are. Sure, <laughs> and and the, you know, I, and, and I'm not going to say that it's not true that we're not both great in who we are. But you know, I mean, I just when people were so excited right, about Barack yeah, Obama, right, someone's thought that they were born black, or someone's thought that they were born white, or someone's thought that they weren't born white. Well, Rodney, you know, I want to ask you about something. I mean, I think maybe sometimes what I hear is that I hear white people who have an easy time ignoring race because they've always been able to ignore it because, you know, they're not being constantly reminded as they grow up and, and go through life that they're a different color than most people, whereas for black people, they're always getting those reminders and sometimes they come in the form of discrimination. And so what do you think about that idea? Sure. Well, um, and I don't know an easy way to put this, but white people never have to be apologetic for themselves in for, for them being white. They never have to make an issue of uh, having rights or, or, or uh, having privilege benefits <laughs> because they are white. Yep. But we have to uh, constantly be on our guard because uh, America is the only society in the world that prejudges people based on what they are. Uh, you actually see that in any application that you sign and ask what you are, whether you're black, white, Indian, Native American, Hispanic, and that sort of thing. We're the only country that has all of those divisions. I think it may go and, on in other 
parts of the world, but yeah, I, I, I certainly have, agree with you that there I, is discrimination. I shared a room with an Indian guy. Well, let me make this point, though. I, I shared a room with an Indian guy at a convention that I went to. We were trying to save some money, both of us, and ended up in the same room. It was you know, neat to talk to this guy. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to me about the divisions in the country of India based on the color of the skin. Now, I can't tell the difference between the, the, the tone, skin tones of Indians from different areas, but this guy could. He was absolutely of the opinion that one should be lighter toned and that was better, and that those from those folks from the South that were darker toned weren't as good. And I was like, it's I all, was stunned by this. Uh, absolutely it's all stunned. collectivism. And Rodney... Bring him back. Yeah, Rodney, I want to, if you don't mind, hang with us, please. I'm going to put you on hold. Okay. I want to hear more of what you have to say. It's Free Talk Live, and if you have thoughts on racial issues or anything else, 855-450-FREE. Please stick around. There's more coming up. I am so excited about Porkfest this year. Porkfest? What's that? It's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a fun and educational camping event put on every summer by the Free State Project. This year it's going to be happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Okay, I like camping and I definitely like freedom, but my budget is tight. Tickets are only $30 for the whole week if you get them before May 1st. Well, that sounds reasonable, but what goes on there? (laughs) What doesn't go on at Porkfest? There are speakers, family fun, dance parties, karaoke, a comedy roast, hiking, campfires, sports, a wedding, and all kinds of delicious food. But the part that I like best is spending time with other people who love freedom. Mm, That's sounding pretty good to me. Where can I go to learn more? Check out Porkfest.com and make sure you spell pork like a porcupine. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Like what you see? Looks like a blast. Okay, I'm in. See you at Porkfest. While you're there, check out how you can become a VIP, very important porcupine, for a modest donation. See you at Porkfest. Why are there so many I don't know what you're talking about. about rainbows and what's on the other side? Totally I screwed up rainbows. the timing, though. <laughs> Is this a Carpenter song? It's Kermit the Frog. Oh, right. I I I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's Kermit the Frog. Okay, I'll Love take your it. word for it's it. The Muppet Babies. Yep. Not the Muppet Babies. The adult Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> the adult Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> they just had a movie out. I never really Someday considered them something. Someday we'll find it. The Rainbow Connection. Yeah, I remember that part. Lovers, the Dreamers, and me. Yeah. This is Karaoke Talk Live. Mm, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's Free Talk Live, actually. And you can call us at 855-450-FREE. And uh, please do. I'd like to hear your thoughts tonight. Yeah. And if you're interested in getting some precious metals, whether it's gold or silver, people are advertising that all over the place right now. And it, it seems like it's a good time to get it. I've certainly gotten some for myself, whether for you it's a hedge against inflation or investment or barter currency. Go to gold.freetalklive.com. We've got the prices right there for you. You can do comparison shopping. And when you buy from gold.freetalklive.com, you help Free Talk Live. It's gold.freetalklive.com. All right, Mark, we've been speaking with uh, Rodney, who's calling from Arkansas. And uh, Rodney, are you still with us? Rodney, are Hello? you? Hi, Rodney. Are you? We can hear you now. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, yes, and, and I was just going to comment uh, on, on, you know, you made made comment that you spent the night in a hotel room with an Indian guy. You know, you were on a business trip or something like that. And he yep. mentioned the fact that there was prejudice within their race. Sure. And I just want you to know that there are prejudices in all races, you know, in the yep. black community and uh, the whites as well, because I'm here in Arkansas, and you have, you have different people looking down on 
you know, different people because they don't have a lot of money or mm-hmm. in the white community or they don't hadn't gone to the University of Arkansas. You know, parents hadn't graduated high school and that sort of thing. So yeah, now that it's type becomes of prejudice exists within all communities. Yeah, Indeed. it becomes sort of a, a class issue. So what's the distinction of being black in America versus, um, you know, all these uh, all these other prejudices that exist in the world? Well, if you, if you haven't realized being black in America is kind of rough, I was born. Oh, I would agree. Uh, yeah. Probably four years after Emmett Till was killed. And, and it's hard to believe that in my lifetime, you went from anti-lynching laws all the way to a black president. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think I would ever get a chance to see that. Uh, and, and, and race tension is so thick in America that you can cut it with a knife. Yeah. Uh, even though we try to ignore it, uh, all of the signs are there. Well, hold, and they'll continue to be what, there. Until one of the things I want to say on this, we, Rodney, we let him finish. I want to. Well, he he made a statement that I want to I, I want to address. The racial tensions are thick, and I think for some people, so racial tensions exist in individuals' minds. For some people, they're thick, and for other people, they're not even existent at all. And you know, and no, some people consider people that a problem you're, you're too. Probably living in a dream world then, because if you don't yeah. realize that racial tension is thick. Uh, people felt, thought that uh, everything was okay when Obama became president, and then Trayvon got shot. You know, different things happened. I think people uh, aren't maybe conscious of them always, but that tension is there. It's so how like, is how is how can tension exist if you're not conscious of it? I mean, if oh, tension is a, try to deny is a, is a mental it. I mean, state. <laughs> Right, but a lot of people deny that race and racial prejudice exist when it's clear that it does exist. Well, I, mean, I think all you I, have yeah, to do is look at the. It's very few people out there that saying that race doesn't exist. You're not even going to get me to go. You that just so far. said that. You said no, you I don't. Didn't. Well, you you say that you I, don't like I to have, see it, and you have, have no, no race, race for and I believe and, that these are poor reasons to judge people by the color of their skin. I think that's a poor well, now, reason. We're not, we're not talking about judging people. We're saying that racial tension exists, and I haven't judged anyone. No, you know, I'm not saying I, you like have. I said. I respect all people, sure. and and it doesn't. Matter matter whether they're white or black or whatever. Uh, but when a person prejudges a person based on stereotypical characteristics, then there's racial tension. And yeah. that's what happened in Florida. Yeah. There was a prejudgment that took place. It seems like it. I mean, that's yeah, that may be part. Like of, it. it seems like that may be part of the case. But I think that there's a. I, I think that using the Trayvon Martin case as a um, as an example is difficult because we haven't. It hasn't all shaken out. There's certainly plenty of instances that you can point to. And my best friend in the world is black. Um, and but he's you know he's light skinned. Yeah, right. Big deal, right? <laughs> and this is kind of how I think about it. But he's he's oh, light skinned. Well, I mean, Mark. Problem you have to. You have to. You have to uh, Category, I mean, uh, categorize that by saying, I have a bl- black friend. He's light skinned. He's, well, you know. Uh, well, I want to tell a story, and that's why you know, I was telling and, it. And that sort of thing. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you have a friend. Right. But, I, but I haven't jumped in with my story yet. And I understand how people will often say that, that. But what they're trying to say when they say that and is that, hey, I don't make I try not to make judgments like that. And But, you know, for my friend Julian, uh, him, he. He has a you know white girlfriend. He moves throughout white society, and these I don't think he faces uh, you know these kind of issues well, on a regular basis. Question, does his white girlfriend allow him the opportunity to move around in white society? I I don't. I mean, how would she he's, allow? He's light skinned, and he has yeah. a white girlfriend. An and does that, that does that point allow him to move around in white society? That I, I'd say that the the way he speaks, uh, the way he dresses, and the way he looks 
probably uh, facilitate that particular uh, aspect. I mean, he's he doesn't date a white girl and therefore can move in white society. Excuse me, I should say his wife because they got married and I was their best man. Uh, but. The, you know what I should say is that he met her by moving through these circles already. I mean, you know, his his dad was the publisher of Ebony. I mean, you know, this is this is who he is, and so you know, I mean, so to you, some extent, about, we're not talking about privileged people. We're talking about common everyday people that meet over here at the uh, Burger King or the Popeyes or the Kentucky Fried Chicken, just sitting in the lobby having you know dinner tonight. Uh, what are their relationships like? Are they uh, allowed to move? around within the white community, because there are some whites that aren't even allowed to move in certain white areas. Yeah, you yeah know, and that, class that issues. What yeah. I was talking about, there's prejudice within every community. Sure, there is. And I just wonder whether if people tried harder to live with uh, the, the people around them, to welcome them inside their communities. Because to me, this is what the crux of the situation is, is no matter who it is, no matter what their race is, if you can reach out to them and be and act like they're, you know, treat them as your friend, as your neighbor, as the way you'd want to be treated in a friendly fashion, rather than holding back in a tentative way and sort of, uh, you know, being scared, even if you're not scared, but holding back, uh, you know, this this uh, welcoming and laborly feeling. I think that that's really what it's about. And I think that's what's going to solve the problem. I well, yeah, it's well, kind of. Know, a- now, and I always go back to what you say is what you do and all the rest is just talk. Yep. And so what people do makes more of an impact on me as people say. I would yeah. agree. Yeah, I agree, too. And it, it becomes, Mark, sort of a, I don't know, a self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess you could say, because when people have prejudices usually they have those prejudices because nobody's ever challenged them in their life you know like one of the things that i think helps to smash stereotypes in people's minds is when they meet somebody who contradicts that stereotype that they had previously hold held or whatever yeah this right? constantly happens to me i maybe i'm on on the uh, the lookout for these things but i i always feel like it's providence i feel like it's god at work in my life offering me these i know i know stephanie not your favorite thing to talk about <laughs> but offering me these things where i I can look at a, it's at a situation differently than I had looked at it before, because having spent eight years of my life in prison, I certainly had an opportunity and felt prejudice against people of different colors yeah. at that time. Now, you know, and I experienced well, those you know same, what? And, same and, and, and here we go again, because uh, at the same moment you're looking at someone, you don't know whose eyes God is looking at you through. So the way you treat people, all people. It's going to be how you judge when you get to heaven. Yeah, I don't know about the judging when you get to heaven thing, but I think that God teaches us lessons right here on earth is what uh, I think it's very, you know, this has been a great call, Rodney, and, and I appreciate you calling in. Um, you know, Thanks for the call, Rodney. Yeah, I think please. the conversation needs Absolutely. to continue in this area, and, and yeah. I felt that this was insightful and a man who... Uh, you know, really had his head on his shoulders um, here and, and, you know, wanted to, to you know, create some... Uh, some dialogue. Yeah, some dialogue. I appreciate it, Rodney. Thanks a lot. All right. Let's go to uh, Jeff. He's on the line in uh, Lar- Fargo. Excuse me, I read it as Largo. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Largo, too. <laughs> he wants to talk about bigotry. And uh, Jeff, are you with us? Jeff, in Fargo, are you with us? Yes, I am. No, I'm hearing all this stuff, and I don't know what I can do or add that is positive or maybe helpful, but I want to say this. I grew up in a town where we had a lot of different cultures together. We had an Indian reservation. We had what they called the black area. 
we had the Mexican section, and we had the white. And as a kid growing up, I didn't know the difference. And the black section is where I lived near. And they were my friends, and they were different. Maybe I noticed that they were my friends. The Mexican section, they were my friends. And the whites, I knew them, and they were my friends. On and on and on. Can't we all just get along? Jeff, thank you so much for the call. I think so, too, and I appreciate your thoughts tonight. If you want to call us 855-450-FREE, let us know what's on your mind. Hour 3 is coming up. This one's dedicated to Derek J. <laughs> According to Charles, it's it's Derek's theme song. That's right. It's Freak Duck Live. He got bad boy, there's no doubt. He did. Yeah, unfortunately. I guess we can laugh at it and make fun of it, but I do really feel bad for Derek. I heard sure. he, he kind of got injured or something. I, I, you know, I don't know the specifics. I don't know if anybody game. knows because he's not. He's, still, he's young and resilient. Let's hope he's okay. Yeah, I think he. it's safe to make the argument that he'll bounce back this rather quickly. This is our quickly. Tuesday night host got, uh, managed to get himself a, a thrown knock, off a bike. Thrown off a bike and arrested yeah. uh, by a police officer on Friday, maybe. Right. And, well, you're listening to Free Talk Live right now. It's a show where you can call in about anything that's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. Uh, that's 855-450-3733. We are kicking off hour three of the show. That's right. Yep. And, uh, Mark, we had some Articles that I wanted to talk about. You know, we haven't really gotten to too much show prep tonight, but uh, a lot of people calling in, and that's what kind of happens here on Free Talk Live. I love it. I love it when we don't get to our show prep because we're hearing from the callers because it's always more interesting to hear what they have to say. But you know, I wanted to bring up this article. Uh, speaking of sort of racial issues and relations, um, we heard about something where there's been a Mexican man who was denied entry into the U.S. because, uh, well, sort of on a technicality, I guess. And the reason he wanted to come to the U.S. was to attend the funeral of his son. So he wasn't allowed to do that because you of know, immigration. As an American, I know that I can go to Mexico and uh, you know spend as much time as I want there. Um, I can't go to Canada because I'm a convicted felon. They will arrest me at the border. I found that out. You know, it's not like they tell you. And um, yeah. but. You know, I think a lot of people don't know what it's like to, you know, not be able to cross the border, especially yeah. if you live in proximity to it. And this guy's son died. Yeah, he had a 10-year-old son who was killed. Well, let me just read this article here. It's from the uh, Huffington Post. A Mexican national said he had been barred from entering the United States to bury his 10-year-old son, a U.S. citizen who died Tuesday in a house fire in mm. northeastern Pennsylvania that also killed three other people. Attorneys for Fidel Merlos Lopez are trying to win humanitarian parole so that he can attend the funeral, but say U.S. And Cust- excuse me, U.S. Customs and Border Protection has rebuffed their efforts. Damian Lopez, the kid, I guess, died in a Shenandoah Row house along with his cousin, aunt, seven-month-old half-brother. Funeral set for Monday. I told the customs officer... Is this a fire? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds like a fire. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I told the customs officer that all I want is a permit to see my boy for one last time. They treat me as if I'm a criminal, Lopez, 34, a bus driver, said in the interview. Uh, right now, I need their support, and they are refusing to help me. Star Wars? <laughs> April Fools, everybody. You <laughs> never know what's going to happen on Free Talk Live here. <laughs> I feel so grand. 
not sure what's going on. <laughs> Charles is playing with the music here on <laughs> Lightning the Move. <laughs> I don't know if we can... Okay, anyway, we'll continue. Um, Lopez has been waiting at the U.S.-Mexico border near Laredo, Texas, since the fire. Quote, he's out of his mind. Can you imagine your son is dead in a fire yeah, and yeah. you can't even get across? It's clear they are giving us the runaround, said Elizabeth Surin, his Philadelphia-based immigration lawyer. A spokesman for the border agency did not return a phone message left at her office Saturday. Lopez was a teenager when he entered the United States illegally in 1995 and wound up in Shenandoah, a blue-collar town with a large Hispanic population. He married a U.S. citizen and gave birth to Damien in 2002. He later divorced Damien's mother and married his current wife, Danielle Lopez, who's also a U.S. citizen. In 2007... Wait, he's married? This guy's married to a U.S. citizen? And he can't come into the country? Apparently, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, there's a little more to this story, but clearly it's like a technicality. You know, the border, for some reason, is... Just not letting him come in, the Border Patrol. Uh, in 2007, police in nearby Frackville stopped Lopez for running a red light and turned him over to immigration authorities. Yeah, cops aren't racist or anything. Well, I mean, you know, this is what people claim doesn't happen all over America, um, is yeah. that uh, somebody makes a tra- traffic infraction and then get to t- tossed in the pokey. And, you or know, deported. <laughs> right. And I just... As far as I'm concerned, free people should be able to cross the borders of free countries freely if... Uh, yeah. If people want to talk about a dialogue about how um, they can get that done, it's not restriction. Um, you know, trying to stop the inevitable flow of human migration across imaginary lines in the sand is only going to result in tragedy. And yeah, frankly, freedom of movement is generally considered a, a universal human right. You and, know? and we have the freedom to cross borders of states within the country and the world hasn't gone to hell in a handbasket. You know, also, uh, this isn't the you know, I mean, the United States doesn't have more immigrants in it now than it has in the past. There have been many times when uh, the percentage of immigrants in the population have been much higher. So people are always concerned about a delusion of the culture or whatever. People are coming over here um, and uh, <laughs> but to, it's always to like live you, this life. You not try for to the pin one them they down had. on what the American culture is, and they usually have a hard time pinning it down. Don't you think? I love uh, tacos and burritos personally. Yeah. yeah. Whatever the culture is, I'm not sure what culture is. I mean, the culture here in New Hampshire is nothing like the culture, um, you know, in Seattle, which is nothing like the culture in San Diego, which is nothing like the culture in Miami. And you know, the, America is made of ethnically diverse people coming together and bringing what they have, and I think mm-hmm. that it, it only edifies. Yeah. And why should a culture, so-called, be made up of all the same kinds of people? You know. Maybe you'll get some sharing of ideas that in, that'll enrich everybody you know, if you interact with different kinds of people. Anyway, um, and this guy not being able to see his son has got to be a real tragedy. I mean, you know, yeah, to go to his son's imagine funeral. how sad he must be. That's that's uh, I feel for him. In 2007, oh, he got stopped uh, for running a red light and turned over to immigration. He agreed to leave the U.S. voluntarily and began the process of applying for legal permanent residence. I love that voluntarily. Like you think, obviously, it wasn't voluntary, or else he would have left before he got pulled over for running the red light. Right? Well, I mean, you know, you don't want to go through the. Uh, at that point, he's trying to get hooked up with his wife and be able to come into the country and go through the process and all that stuff. And they're putting a gun to his head and saying, Oh, do this voluntarily. And he's like, okay, you know, it it makes it very difficult for people to, you know, get together in relationships that they want to get together with. And I mean, you know, why all for what? Mm -hmm. 
I mean, yeah. I don't think I the, can't answer that question. I don't, There's no I, good answer. I don't think the American citizens, uh, you know, should be responsible for, you know, producing all kinds of paperwork in every language uh, that the world has to offer. So no, that, nor do I think there should be like welfare and stuff like that. Handouts. No, I don't think anybody. that I don't think people should be able to come to this country and get a bunch of free things either. Mm. But the evidence is. You know, take a take a look at the uh, the the fastest growing countries in America and uh, companies, excuse me, in America, and you'll find that most of them, many of them, were started by immigrants, yeah. people coming to the country to make a better life for themselves, and consequently making a better life for everybody else. That's Who how commerce the initiative, works. Initiative, yeah, to do something like that. It is. It's got to be scary to leave a place where you've grown up your whole life and completely start over in a new uh, a new place where you don't know many of the customs, or you might feel a little awkward. And you got to deal with like learning all their laws, right? Yeah. Americans don't even know all the laws. Yeah, how could they? How, could, how yeah. could Americans possibly know all the laws? And then, no, you know, can't. take take that where you have, uh, you know, sort of, you know, culturally you haven't been brought up to know sort of how things are going to work in a given instance. You're, you know, I, no wonder immigrants tend to be a little fearful. Yeah. So this this guy's immigration lawyer said he was well on his way to getting his green card and rejoining his family in Pennsylvania when the tragedy struck, when the son was killed. And now I don't know if that's really, I mean, he got pulled over and deported in 2007 and he's just on his way in 2012 to getting his green card now. <laughs> I mean, five years later, four years later. Yeah, it takes a while, yeah, I guess. I know. Yeah, they're probably, it's probably being held against him that he, you know, was illegally in the country. You know, there's some kind of probationary period or something like that. But I mean, he's Maybe. married to a U.S. citizen. Right. Everybody thinks that that's just the, the, the fast, easy way to do it. And it's not. No, definitely not. Uh, he's trying to comply, trying to follow the rules of U.S. immigration law, but they're using it against him. The whole thing's really heart-wrenching, said the lawyer. Humanitarian parole is granted to immigrants who have a compelling emergency that requires temporary entry into the U.S. It is used sparingly. The government approves only 25 percent of the 1,200 applications it gets every year. But the lawyer says Lopez qualifies. In fact, the Mexican husband of Tiffany Sanchez, the 29-year-old woman who died in the fire, was granted humanitarian parole to attend the funeral. Hmm. So completely arbitrary. And I mean, this is yeah, a, a, government arbitrary a spouse you, right? versus a child. I mean, and they, it goes on to say they actually denied him this, this uh, whatever, humanitarian parole. They denied him entry because they claimed that he didn't have much of a relationship with the kid. I mean, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah, who cares? It's your son. Free Talk Live, if you have thoughts on this or anything else, 855-450-FREE. We welcome your calls. We'd love to hear from you. And stick around. There's more coming up on Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Sounds like they're selling like uh, frozen pizzas. <laughs> you could whip up this delicious Greek dinner in just minutes. Just pop it in the oven. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Something, what this is. yeah. 
April Fool's edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. <laughs> and Stephanie. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. Indeed, Mark. And uh, hey, did you know about uh, m.freetalklive.com, easiest way to get Free Talk Live on your mobile phone? You know, they yeah, we, we've made it easy for people who have uh, these smart devices to mm-hmm. uh, create, uh, you know, the, the pages that are a little smaller at m.freetalklive.com. There's even the uh, Liberty Radio Network um, app, I think, on iPhone that you can get that plays all the LRN shows. Yes, a, uh, a, you know, a great listener of the show put that together for us. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- thanks to him. Bitcoin's the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign and no terms of service that you've got to abide by. Anyone can download the free Bitcoin software, be using them just a few minutes. As a matter of fact, I just did it with my wife here recently. Uh, you know, downloaded this Bitcoin you did software. Did it with your wife? That's, That's right. Great, <laughs> indeed, it was. And uh, she's you know buying and selling and moving bitcoins around. Cool. And I've got to say. She's an amateur, but, you know, so, a- a- amateurs can do it. Find out more about Bitcoins at WeUseCoins.org. One of the really great things about it is you can buy and sell and trade without fees with Bitcoins. It's WeUseCoins.org. And if you're a, a vendor, by the way, you should imidi- immediately be getting uh, Bitcoins, uh, you know, accepting Bitcoins because they're really... Uh, yeah, crosses, speaking of borders, we were talking about borders and Bitcoins just transcend them because you don't have to worry about converting different currencies from governments around the world you can just get bitcoins indeed and now thanks to bitinstant.com you can have bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank to buy your bitcoins with cash visit bitinstant.com yeah bitcoin's pretty cool mark i'm excited about them me too you know i've seen a couple articles in forbes recently yeah they're talking about them yeah like uh larry summer who was like this big official he was like the treasury secretary or something like that or some in the treasury department he was the president of harvard um, he was talking about bitcoins the other day and saying that he thought they were going to change the world. This is like a big wig in the government and stuff. I have a, 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 a several libertarians I've talked to, liberty oriented fi- type folks, have said that they believe bitcoins are going to uh, you know go a long way. Yeah. In creating human freedom. So. Yeah, I mean, not that I think that. Not that I really trust what this guy particular person has to say. It's just kind of shows saying, the yeah. reach of bitcoins that they've made it. Thus far, that a lot of people are starting to find out about them. And, uh, you know, there's this idea that like two thirds of the world's workers are part of the sort of gray market or like are are, are kind of engaging in counter economic activities. But mm. but is it really the counter economy if there are two thirds of the people in the world that are involved in it? It's interesting. Yeah. Spe- well, speaking of counter economy, I don't know if this relates, but did you want to talk about Bigfoot, Mark? <laughs> I wanted to hear about this all night. <laughs> well, it's sort of uh, this story has sort of has to do with the counter economy. Okay. And I, you know, got to say I'm a Bigfoot fan. <laughs> all right. A man. This is from uh, FoxNews.com. A man who led tour groups on a hunt for Bigfoot met up with the long arm of the law instead Uh-oh. and got fined for doing business on federal lands Without a permit. Oh, so he was an agorist Bigfoot hunter? Matt Pruitt <laughs> was leading a group expedition for the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, or Beforo, in Buffalo National <laughs> River Park in Arkansas. Buffalo National River Park is in Arkansas. In February, when he and his uh, group of 31 people, 31 people he had on this uh, Bigfoot hunt. A lot of people love Bigfoot. They want to see one. They were stopped by two park rangers. Pruitt was slapped with a hefty fine of $525 for a lack of a commercial use permit. 
The organization. I wonder if he made more from his group than five hundred than the fine was worth. I would think. Yeah, I would think so you too. You know, I mean, his people this pay guy's, big money to see Bigfoot. Yeah, you know, I think that he's giving more of like one of those. Uh, you know, when you go to a town, they'll give you those ghost tours. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And here, little Molly McLucy, <laughs> she was a hooker and she got pressed, uh, you know, strangled in this spot, and her her ghost haunts these halls to this day. You know that kind of Ooh. yeah, that kind of thing. And, and you know, I mean, it's a great way to tour a town and hear a little bit about the uh, you know some of the colloquial history and things like that. And it, it's it's fun. And I would say that this is basically that on a, uh, a more grand scale. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody really expects to see. Bigfoot. Well, what you didn't know was he, he had a business partner who was hiding in the woods with a little suit <laughs> <laughs> ready to jump out. <laughs> hey, you know, so I was driving home one day from uh, work here in uh, King, New a, Hampshire. You have a Bigfoot sighting story? I have a story. We'll, we'll, you can decide what it is. Awesome. <laughs> and I saw, you know how uh, animals' eyes will light up when you flash them? Uh, with a flashlight? Yeah. My car's uh, lights crossed, uh, you know, because of the curve in the road, crossed into the woods. And I saw what, uh, for all the world, would have been something that was had to have been eight feet off the ground. Just the eyes. I couldn't see any really thing else. Wow. But, and it was just for an instant, and I don't know what I saw. Some people have suggested a moose, and it, but moose generally moose. aren't out late at night. Then again, Bigfoot, not real likely to see um, either. You so. know, I've seen moose in the road at night. And definitely they had that look in their eye with it was gleaming yeah. in the headlights. They're uh, tall. I didn't see anything else, Harry. though. You think I would have seen <laughs> something else. So I don't know. I'm not going to claim to have seen Big, Bigfoot. But I was very excited by what I saw. You know, I wasn't excited necessarily in a happy way. I was, uh, you know, animated by what I what I saw. Yeah. You know, I've, I've lived in New Hampshire for about six years and I've seen um, three moose. And each one was very exciting. Yes. Well, imagine how much more exciting it is to see a moose and think it's Bigfoot. Exactly. So the organization typically charges as much as $500 to go along on searches for the mythical creature in various locations across North America. Wow. That's between the group and, and the gullible. They, oh, they got to make sure to cover the, cover the uh, fine. Because it's inevitably going to happen each well, time. If he can get this permit, I mean, if they slapped him with a $525 fine, the permit's probably not that much. But the idea that you need the permit, he probably didn't even know that there was a permit. Right. This is public land. People, yeah. are, people are going along with him. So if it was a free tour, it wouldn't have cost, it wouldn't have been any big deal. But because he took money from these people, so it's okay to give a tour. But he didn't even take money because they wouldn't have been paying that money to the government. Right. If they didn't No, he took money. He took money from people. He, he accepted oh, money. For I see his, what you're saying. So it's OK to yeah. accept money from people and it's OK to give tours. It's not OK to sec- accept money to give tours. That's where the government <laughs> really screws people, because yeah. how are you supposed to know this? You're you can't know it. I think they just want to cut. Honestly, I think that's what's going on. I mean, this guy pays his taxes, as do every one of these people that, uh, that go on this tour. The government's already getting money from them for the maintenance of these parks and then it has to smack them again because they want to go on a particular type of tour and and they want to bring an expert whom they're going to pay yeah that's crazy yeah so mark we do have some calls on the line you want to go to the calls sure i'd love to talk to people about bigfoot (laughs) i don't know if they want to talk about bigfoot but get rid of them let's (laughs) okay they're gonna (laughs) no i'm just kidding no that's their show (laughs) quick mike is on the line in illinois and uh, i think he wants to talk about trevon martin a quick mic, are you with us? Hey, how y'all doing? Wonderfully. Good. Wonderfully. All right. How are you doing, Ben? That's Mark. I'm absolutely capital, sir. 
Oh man, I thought I thought you sure got any Bigfoot stories, am Mike? I sure my capital, or am I sure? <laughs> nah, I'm just I'm just I'm just eating some chocolate pudding. Great. Just Bigfoot. Well, you know, Mike, if you have more to say, hold on, hold the line. I want to hear it, but we're coming up on the end of the segment, so you'll have to stick with us. You want to hear the chocolate pudding story? This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. More coming up. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. I should be chasing after a little blue ghost. It's not Pac-Man. It's Mario. Donkey Kong. Something like that. No, it's Mario, yeah. Is it? Yeah. (laughs) Andrick is sitting in the studio right now and he just lost it when you said that. (laughs) Indeed. This was a good one, though. I like that music bed. It's uh, Stephanie here with you. And Mark. And you're listening to Free Talk Live. You can call us at 855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733. And uh, Mark, why don't you tell us about, uh, you have a message you want to bring to us? Yeah, the state owns the land, but they don't own the water. To be free today, you'd need a boat. Not just any boat. A life yacht. The life yacht's an idea for a stable catamaran as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power, grows its own food, and has a shallow draft to be able to get a four-wheel drive car or SUV ashore. With a life yacht, you could live free of nearly any government intrusion and have a seashore home anywhere in the world. Pick it up and move it if you you want to live in Bimini one day and Fiji, well, the next. Of course, you'll have to travel from one place to another, but you can do that with a life yacht. You can be involved for as few as $1,000 the commitment of as little as eight months. Go to ericksoncouncil.com to find out more. It's ericksoncouncil.com, and, uh, like Leif Erickson. And you can, uh, you can go to freetalklive.com if you can't find it by uh, using the search methods. You can go to freetalklive.com. There's a banner with a sailboat on there. Erickson I was going to say, I don't think people necessarily know how to spell Leif Erickson either. Yeah, <laughs> He's there, a famous Viking, right? Indeed. Yeah. And uh, I can tell you that there are no K's in this particular uh, spelling of Erickson. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I can picture that. And if you're running from Bigfoot, you know, a life yacht is the... He can't He can't swim, right? Bigfoot is a, uh, <laughs> Land is a gentle, gentle creature that, uh, you know, basically eats uh, plants. You don't have anything to fear from Bigfoot. Gotcha. Let's go back to the phones. We were speaking with Quick Mike in Illinois telling us about his chocolate pudding. Uh, Quick Mike, are you still with us? Oh, man. Hey, I thought you guys were never coming back. <laughs> we're back. What's on your mind? Okay. Hey, all right. Well, I was just, I wanted to talk about free stuff. Free stuff. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Like, I was thinking, you know, like everybody pays for stuff and, you know, you got to go to work and stuff. Why don't they just make everything free? Well, who's they? Just Everything. But who's going to make everything free? What kind of free things? Let's start it with you. What kind of free things would you like to give away? <laughs> yeah. uh, everything. Oh, well, chocolate pudding, perhaps. Give, give I'll, mow your, your... I'll mow your grass for I'll mow your grass for free. 
All right. Well, there you go. That's yeah. very generous free, of you. A uh, free pony and a, and a puppy. I'll give it all. If I had it, I'll give it to you. There you hey, go. Hang on a minute. This damn dog. All right. Stop. What are you doing to the dog? I had to, I had to kick him away. He's bothered. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> oh, anyway, anyhow, my. Sorry, Ian. I, I didn't mean to interrupt it's you. It's Mark. It's Mark and Stephanie with you tonight. <laughs> and Mike, Mark. thank you for the call tonight. Mark. We got punked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think that was a real yeah, dog. I've heard I better. Hope that, I hope that wasn't a real dog. Yeah, I don't know what quite what he was going for, but uh, let's let's talk to Cliff. Maybe a little more serious call. Cliff in Maine wants to talk about religion, and he says why religion is important. And Cliff, are you with us? Yeah, Cliff and Maine just teleported to Cliff in Miami. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, hi, Cliff. And now I know who about... now I know who you are because I I'm familiar with you. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we spoke a couple of times, mm-hmm. but um, and I want to talk about religion because I think um, like I you know I'm, I'm actually I think I'm well, I want to be a rational person. I want to believe I'm a rational person, mm-hmm. but um, I do think religion is important at the same time. And I've heard the arguments from yourself, Stephanie, and from Stefan Molnir as far as, like, you know, obviously, you know, there's no magic. As far as we know, magic, as far as we can tell, based on science, there's no magic. You know, magic doesn't exist. So it's for, for God to exist, magic has to exist. You know, pretty much is, is you know, is the breakdown well, of it. Magic is something that, that would be difficult to replicate, right? I mean, you know, if magic occurs, how would one be able to draw magic forth and do it whenever one wants? I mean, this would be something that, that God would do. Not the, well, I'm not to say that of, I'm a big fan of the idea of miracles, but... Well, it's sort of that the religion and magic, I guess, connotes or actually mean supernatural things, things that are outside of nature, outside of the laws that we all observe all the time of, of the way that things work in the universe exactly which was to me basically that you know some creature out there can can do something that no other creature can ever do regardless of you know how how, how i mean putting it you know putting in technology so in other words you know they they just can't be done by anybody else except for that one thing i mean that's my take on it anyway so, you know if i want to break it down to simple you know pieces okay but, um, and ha- have you ever heard really the uh good. cliff have you ever heard huh. the idea of uh you know, the the question, I guess this was posed a really long time ago by some famous uh, skeptic, but have you ever heard the question of what, it, you know, can God make a rock that's so big that he can't lift it himself? Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, one, of, it's one of those things, exactly. And rationally, you can see, you know, the answer has to be no. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, no matter what the answer is, it's God doesn't exist, because if he can make a rock that that's so big he can't lift it, then he's not omnipotent. And if he can't make a rock that's so big that he can't lift it, he's not omnipotent. Um, omnipotent right he's not all powerful so that's it yeah just but, reminded um, me here's the reason why i think it, that religion is important though you know as far as you know uh, we you know again most people out there well, the average person you know doesn't can't you know i think i kind of brought this point up the other day also where you know we're feeling beings like we, we evolve you know from just you know getting things you know from our senses and then we, we use that information to the best of that we can and you know based on based on a quick reaction you know that that, that would pretty much ensure whether we're going to survive and you know, appropriate or we're going to die you know, for the most part. Okay. You know, so so you know that I think that's where we, we develop a lot of these you know these shortcuts. We started developing shortcuts, you know, to to think faster. And I think that's what you know religion in general. Is, you know, that's, I think that's a good part of religion. You know, like for instance, you think religion, religion, create shortcuts in thinking. Yeah, well, create, create shortcuts to get to a, to a, a right answer. You know what I'm saying? Like in other words, well, it, I disagree. Yeah, I disagree that it gets to the right answer. It certainly created a lot of wrong no, no, answers. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying in general, but I'm saying that was the that's that's kind of the idea. I think. I mean, I, I don't think most people that create religions out there were just trying 
were just you know, like the only goal that, that they had was just to control people. I mean, that, that I think they, they start to realize that's a you know that's a pretty good side effect, and a lot of people use it for that for the, to that end. But I think, like yeah. for instance, like when you tell kids stories, you know, I think it has the same kind of effect as religions, like you know, Aesop's Fables, you know, or, or like uh, the the grasshopper and the hand and then the end the end. And you know, when you, when you tell these these stories, right? You know, it, it automatically conjures, conjures up something in your mind. And it's like, it's like taking a shortcut to... Yeah, but the difference, well, the difference between a story or a fable and religion is that, you know, I think a lot of times when people tell kids stories, they emphasize that this is pretend, but when when they're telling kids (laughs) Bible stories or stories of God, then they don't, they tell them it's not pretend, you know, even though it's supernatural. That's that's where where religion went bad is that, you know, you know, people realize that early on that, wait a minute, if I just don't say that it's pretend, you know, you can, you can, you can make a lot of money from that. Yeah, you know, and I think, I think that's where you know power comes from. But you know, that's that's what perverse. That's the the, the you know, so it's, to everything there's a good side and there's a bad side. One thing's for certain, though, is that humans, uh, humans the globe over, I don't think that there's, I have never heard of a culture that doesn't have some kind of God. Um, And I think that, you know, this idea of religion is ubiquitous. So if humans are evolved and there is no God, they are evolved to believe in a God. And I think that that's a very interesting thing. I think there's a good reason for it. Like I said, you know, it's it's one of those tools, like the Internet, like anything else, that we need to put it, use it properly. You know, like for instance, whenever I I, got, I have a three year old and I have a, a what five going on six months six month old now, and um, basically whenever I whenever I tell her whenever there's something out, like she's watching you know say for instance Dora and it's one of those princess fairy tale things or whatever, you know I try to you know show her the parts that are just pretend. Obviously Dora doesn't exist, period. But <laughs> like certain things that she can't fly, you know she can't create things out of thin air. Yeah. You know like for instance so so she she understands these things and I think you know even at three years old she can understand that. But I think uh, that's that's the difference, you know. Like for instance, I wouldn't really, you know, do like you know the whole Santa Claus existing, because I think that's where religion, you know, and and these allegories go wrong. When you pretend these things, I mean, it's nice to pretend that it, it, Santa Claus exists, but you know, you can do that regardless of whether or not. Well, once you know the truth yeah. that Santa doesn't exist, Cliff, do you then think after that you can still have fun with it? You know, what you said before about the human mind being sort of evolved to uh, find shortcuts, do you think that a lot of it is recognizing patterns and sort of like people want to see patterns when there aren't necessarily patterns there? I think a lot of times you're actually right that there are patterns there, but we just, you know, we don't have the tools to really figure out what the pattern is. Fractals! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Cliff, thanks for the call tonight. Interesting thoughts. Like to hear from you at 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live and there's more coming up. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is the hamster dance. Welcome to Hamster Talk Live. It's like the Jacobo <laughs> thing. <laughs> What is this? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Crazy I think music we got, for April Fools. Yeah, we got. We've been getting rickrolled all night. Yeah, it's good. And punked and pranked, and I'm for that. <laughs> oh, Nyan Cat. It's a meme. It means nothing to me. <laughs> I just, I doubt course, what it means. I don't. To I don't imagine anybody thought it would mean anything to me either. Right. Yeah. It's I, free talk live. This is Stephanie with you and Mark. And you can call us eight five five four fifty free. That's eight five five four five zero. 
800-273-3733. But you're going to have to make your call quick because there's only one segment left in the show tonight. So get those calls in while you can. want to let you know also about shop.freetalklive.com. It's a quick and easy way to help Free Talk Live. You can enter our Amazon link through the Free Talk Live portal. And then, uh, you know, it doesn't affect the prices of anything you buy, but Free Talk Live will get a little cut for a referral fee. So uh, shop.freetalklive.com if you want to help in that way. All right, Mark, we've got a call on the line. Let's take it. Let's go to Bill in Mississippi. He wants to, I guess, respond to Rodney, okay. who had called us earlier. So, Bill, are, are you here? Oh, yes. Hey, welcome uh, to the show. Tell us what's on your mind. Yes, great. Uh, I was thinking about something. Uh, the guy from Arkansas really wasn't that far off base. I was once uh, in a, a trade association, mm-hmm. and uh, the thing worked uh, worked pretty good for, for several years. And this one did work better than others because there was no merchandise involved. It was mainly just, uh, in fact, it was limited to services. Okay. Uh, small businesses would get into it, and you did pay, uh, I think it was $50 to, to join. It was just an, an administrative fee, and there was a board that, that more or less governed the thing. And uh, let's say someone needed a roof put on, and, of course, they would pay for the uh, materials and then the uh the trade would, would be done through the system. And Are we talking about the same caller? I'm kind of confused. I don't think we're talking about Rodney. We're talking about the caller that said that uh, he wanted everything to be free. Oh, that, that's the one. And, gotcha. And so okay. that, that, that reminded me of the trade association that, that I was actually in for about six years, and, and it worked all right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so but I, I, I was uh, part of for, a... Uh, for a while, and, and I just dropped out of it. Yep, I was part of a, a, a trade organization too. It was called uh, the International Barter Exchange, I believe, uh-huh. and they 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 took merchandise, but mostly it was services, dry cleaners, and restaurants. Right. Restaurants obviously aren't just service; they they provide uh, you know things too. But there's a lot of uh, you know there's a lot of labor built into a, a you know restaurant and, and you know static costs and stuff like that into their costs. So you know there was a, there was a lot of that going on, and I worked for a smaller radio station at the time and we traded ads and it worked out pretty good for us don't you belong to a csa also a community sponsored agricultural organization yes ours is a little less uh less organized it's just uh, some from some friends that kind of go together but yes it's a i see it's easiest to understand well i think those things always work best when there's a little bit of social i guess bonding between the the members because then you know you sort of have the social ties encouraging you not to mooch or whatever right indeed Uh, bill any other final thoughts I know that, that was just the thing that I thought of. Wonderful. Well, thanks for calling. I appreciate your thoughts tonight. Thanks. And now let's go to Roger in Indiana. He wants to talk about the live free or die state listening on 1280. Roger, are you with us? Yeah, how you doing? Wonderful. I was uh, up there from 79 to 89 Air Force, the Pease Air Force the Base. Pays, right. You were in uh, New Hampshire? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And... Uh, had a lot of trouble with the uh, court system. You guys were talking about that, I think, last weekend. Mm. And I was just wondering how your uh, what's that program you have going about the Free State? Free State Project, yep. Yep, freestateproject.org. Is that political or? It's uh, it's not I mean, inherently political. It's basically all it is is a is it's like a bus. It get it exists to get people who are interested in liberty to move to New Hampshire and then do whatever strikes them, you know, to create more freedom in their lifetimes. Is the Tea Party strong up there? 
Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, there are, there certainly have been some tea parties going along, but I yeah. think that the tea party has almost petered out nationwide. Certainly not as powerful as it was a year or two ago. Yeah, there have been tea parties well, I, and occupiers as well. I think I think in New Hampshire they tend to have a little more of a explicitly libertarian bent, maybe than in some other places. Yeah, we've got some uh, occupiers here in Indiana, and uh, we've had some talks, and they said they're a lot closer to a tea party than they are. Uh, libertarians or anything else. So mm-hmm. Weird. I think people need to look into both the organizations a little stronger and uh, sure. just make sure they get some good constitutional candidates in here in the primary because uh, the country's kind of, you know, <laughs> going down the tube. So. Well, Roger, you you know, you're welcome to, uh, if you ever have the inclination to come back to New Hampshire, you're welcome to try that yourself if you like. And, yeah, uh, I may. I still got friends up there. Thanks for the call tonight, Roger, and okay. uh, maybe we'll see you. <laughs> We've got uh, Joe in Manchester also on the line. He wants to talk about Derek J. Joe, hi. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi, how's it going? Uh, well, it's really unfortunate that uh, Derek got knocked off that bike, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think uh, so, too. Hopefully he's going to get out of jail Monday. Yeah. Hope so. I'm sure you'll hear it on, on Monday night's show. Maybe he'll even make an appearance. I don't know. I'm sure he'll be on just as soon as you'll you'll find it. Listen, you'll, listen you'll to Free Talk it. Live, you'll you'll find out as uh, quick as you can. Right, and it is of course live seven nights a week on Free Talk Live, so you can tune in any day. Yeah, the only unfortunate thing is that in that video you didn't get to see uh, Derek's nice butt. Derek's nice butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine looking. Young there man. might be some other videos where you could see that. You can't even see her. Thanks, girl. Not sure what was said there. Joe, thanks for the call tonight. <laughs> April Fool's Day, everybody. Yeah, he was calling on his woman to get him a beer. Get out of the (laughs) kitchen. Get him a beer. (laughs) I, you know, what what are you going to say about that? It seems like the most inherently uh, sexist thing that one can say is go get me a beer. But, you know, I mean, it's just another beverage. Oh, they're a lot worse. I've heard worse in person, Mark. Liberty Forum. Somebody's heading to the kitchen. Why not get me something to drink? I mean, (laughs) you're going. You can say that to anybody. (laughs) Yes, right. There is sort of a certain air or or tone to it, I guess. Indeed. So so you want to finish up this Bigfoot thing in the last moments of the show? Well, you know, uh, know, what happened with this uh, situation is this uh, gentleman was bringing a a tour of... uh, like 30 people into, uh, you know, one of the national parks, uh, Buffalo River National Park in, in Arkansas. Yeah. And I guess they finally caught up w- with him there and found out that he was leading people into the parks and charging money and apparently up to $500 a head. That's basically from their website. Not knowing for certain what these people had paid. Um, depends probably how far. Uh, how much would you pay to see a Bigfoot, Mark? To see a Bigfoot? Yeah, like if there was one in captivity, how much would you pay to see him? Oh, you know, if it's in captivity and it's not going anywhere, I'd probably pay, you know, 20 or $30 to go see it. <laughs> I'd be interested in seeing it. But uh, yeah. I what mean, if you were like, what if it wasn't open to the public? What if you were like offered the opportunity? The, the first and only opportunity, the showing of the Bigfoot? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously the prices go up. Once, as supply decrease, demand goes up. Um, but I'm not going to spend a lot of money. Bigfoot uh, economics. I've got. You know, yeah, well, well, economics works with Bigfoot as it does with anything oh, yeah, else. Yeah, sure. 
I'm not going to spend a lot of money on anything. I've got a family to take care of, and it's more important to me to uh, you know spend my money and time and energy on those things than it is on. But it's on your bucket list, isn't it? I'd like I, I like the idea of a North American <laughs> primate, and I I'm dubious as to whether or not one exists. I'm not going to I'm not saying I'm running out there and believing that this is the case. It seems like they would have found a body at this point, maybe some scat, some kind of, uh, of <laughs> well. Evidence. You wouldn't know where the scat came from, you know. But there are it, people out there taking moose. every kind of scat there is and testing it uh, for to see whether it belonged to a Bigfoot or not. So, that, yeah, sure. That you think there would be, be something thing. with all these little gizmos that people put up, the hunters put up to uh, to catch things. You think a Bigfoot would wander in one in front of one of those too? Yeah, get trapped in a net. Or As something. technology grows, the chance of a Bigfoot existing diminishes i mean there has to be a breeding population there's not one of these things running around out there <laughs> so you know if, if you if you got to meet a bigfoot would you have it on the show uh, if it talked <laughs> i'm sure they i'm must sure talk. absolutely try to uh to get the if, if you get a reason <laughs> but, but <laughs> at that point you're just talking about a hairy what guy what do you think it would say I have no idea. Like I got we got hairy guys all over the place been on the show. There What's might the be deal? one in the studio tonight. That's <laughs> why I was guy. asking. <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't believe in Sasquatch until I met Mandrick. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, I, you know, I it's Now I, he's taking idea, off his clothes. The idea is it's it's, it's a cam.freetalklive.com. Uh, an ape akin to you know, the orangutan, the chimpanzee, the bonobo, the the, the you know, the, the gorilla. And I don't you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I wonder. I like the idea. I really wish there was a large, uh, you know, charismatic mega, uh, mega primate, primate in yeah. North America. Well, I think you're right to be skeptical, but all I know for sure is that it's not cool what happened to these people with the government wanting to take a cut of yeah. their Bigfoot profits. People should just be able to, you know, <laughs> go hunt Bigfoot without the government getting involved. They're as long as they're not hurting test. anyone else, it's Free Talk Live, and we're done for tonight, but you can visit us online at freetalklive.com. Thanks for listening tonight. It's been Stephanie. And Mark. And we wish you a great night. Back tomorrow. <laughs>